the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. It is a Monday. Good to have you along with us. A little bit of rain falling outside. That's also a good thing, not a bad thing by any means. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, going to get around to, uh, enjoying the rain today and tonight and then tomorrow, maybe just a tad. And then looks like Wednesday through the weekend is going to be very, very, very nice out there. Well, I don't know if you've been reading and keeping up with it, but uh, the Democrats think they have a way to try to um, keep Kavanaugh off of the Supreme Court. Uh, They're trying to delay everything. We're going to be talking about that in the final hour today. Robert Steinbach will be with us. And uh, Feinstein is the person behind this. Uh, They're trying to figure out a way of, um, you know, slowing down don't, uh, the confirmation hearings and this confirmation vote. Uh, article from, who's got this? The San Francisco Chronicle today. Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to fill a crucial U.S. Supreme Court seat is headed towards a Senate confirmation vote, but how fast it gets there will be determined by whether outnumbered Democrats succeed in a tactic that could postpone a decision until after the midterm elections. Those elections could maintain Republican control of the Senate, which would virtually guarantee confirmation of Kavanaugh and uh, solidify conservative control of the high court for years to come. But if Democrats can succeed in both putting off a vote on Kavanaugh and prevailing in an election in which they're defending more Senate seats than Republicans, the domination could be in trouble. The Democrats' strategy is this. It's to to demand to see every document that crossed Kavanaugh's desk while he served as President George Bush's staff secretary from uh, 2003 to 2006, Republicans pushing back, hoping to confirm Kavanaugh, now an appeals court judge, by the time that the uh, Supreme Court's next session starts in October. So what are Republicans in the White House trying to hide, said Feinstein? They're not trying to hide anything. She knows this. This is the worst kind of politicizing. This is the worst kind of screwing around with the way the founding fathers set it up to go ahead and confirm a uh, a Supreme Court justice or any or any uh, government uh, entity that has to face a confirmation hearing, uh, the top-ranking Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Feinstein. Uh, said the importance of the records in evaluating Kavanaugh is shown by his statements that as staff secretary, he, quote, worked closely with the president with the senior staff and was called on by Bush 
quote, to provide advice on a full range of subjects. Now, this is going back to the late 80s and uh, early 90s, basically. And then you, you come back further when the sun gets in. And so they're saying that as he was with George uh, W. Bush, uh, they want to see what he did with them uh, or with him. And, you know, did he have anything to do with, uh, you know, torture and all this other stuff? He would have had nothing to do with uh, torture or any of the decisions dealing with big issues. He was a staff secretary. It's like you went out and got coffee for people, things of that nature. He was nobody big during that time. Uh, it says here, Republicans say the only records that are relevant to Kavanaugh's qualifications are the rulings he's issued in 12 years as an appeals court judge and possibly documents he wrote as a White House lawyer from 01 to 03, but not all the paperwork that crossed his desk in three years at staff secretary. Senator John Conyon of uh, Texas said, Democrats are playing a delay game. And if it's a game, the majority of Republicans hold most of the cards with the votes to decide what information gets released ahead of the hearing. Whether they have anything to hide is uncertain, uh, but one Democrat finds a clue in the history of a current federal appeals court judge in San Francisco. So we're, when, when Robert uh, Steinbach comes in, we're going to talk to him about what can they demand to see. And by demand, I, I think it's more, you know, will you let us see it than it is demand that we see it. So we want to find out where the Republicans stand uh, on this and what they have to go in and dig out. I, I saw that the uh, archives released some paperwork here just the other day. If I were the Republicans, I would just say, here's what we're going to give to you. This is the only stuff that we have to give to you. And then drop it on their desk uh, as soon as you can, and then give them a timeline. If they don't want to meet with uh, Kavanaugh, don't meet with him. I could give a damn whether you want to meet with him or not. You know, we all know that the reason you're playing this the way you're playing this is because you're hoping you can take the House and the Senate. I think uh, the House, you're going to get close, but I think as far as the Senate goes, you could, by keeping this guy from from having his nomination, you know, really sound a death knell for Heidi Heitkamp and for uh, Manchin and for Donnelly in Indiana and for several other people. You could lose five to six seats, maybe even seven on the Senate. Then we won't even have to play with you guys at all not even give you give you the time of day uh, to be honest with you. So, you know, it's just a lot of uh, stuff that they're doing uh, to, to, you know, hold things up, what they're trying to do. And for you who are, are Democrats listening right now, say, well, if you let us go with uh, Garland Merritt and go on with that instead of not hearing him, you didn't have to hear him. That was a presidential election. You should have waited until after a presidential election. Midterms? No, don't have to. Midterms, you look at those and 
you go ahead and put the person through. They did it with uh, some of the Democrats uh, that Obama put up. They didn't make it have to be any any uh, wasn't a, anything special. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, who that was. It was Kagan. Kagan. They let her have her nomination and then make her made her a Supreme Court nomination with a midterm election year because it's different when you're talking midterm election and when you're talking presidential election, or haven't you all been able to figure that one out yet? I would say you have figured it out, but you don't want people to know the truth about why you're doing what you are doing. You know, it's 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 the politici- uh, politicizing this way beyond what it should ever be. Think about that the Supreme Court uh, should never have been uh, politicized like this. The, uh, the founding fathers didn't want it, you know, politicized like this. By the way, uh, Ginsburg, uh, Associate Justice Supreme Court Ginsburg, uh, was talking to Nina Tottenberg during the 2018 Sundance Film Festival at uh, Filmmaker Lodge on January 21st and said she hopes to stay on the Supreme Court until the age of 90. She says, I'm now 85. My senior colleague, Justice John Paul Stevens, he stepped down when he was 90, so I think I have about at least five more years. She has already hired her law clerks for at least two more terms. Ginsburg spoke in uh, New York following a production of The Originalist, a play about the late Justice uh, Scalia at the uh, 5090s 59 Theater. Quote, if I had my choice of dissenters when I was writing for the court, it would be Justice Scalia, Ginsburg said, saying the back and forth would help her form her arguments. Sometimes it was like a ping pong game. As a result, Ginsburg said her landmark decision opening up the Virginia Military Institute to female cadets was her 18th draft. Asked by the originalist director, Molly Smith, what keeps her hopeful, Ginsburg cited her late husband, Marty. My dear spouse would say that the true symbol of the United States is not the bald eagle. It is the pendulum. And when it goes very far in one direction, you can count on its swinging back. As for retiring or term limits, Ginsburg said, no chance. You can't set term limits because to do that, you'd have to amend the Constitution. Article 3 says we hold our offices during good behavior, and most judges are very well behaved, she added, to laughter. Here's the key. I hate to tell you this, Judge, because I guess you're not a believer, but you don't get to pick how many years you get to live. You don't pick how many years you'll continue to serve. That will be up to God. He'll make that fundamental decision, and uh, you won't have any say in it. So, you know, as long as she can go, I guess she, she stays in. That's the way they go. All right, so we've got uh, 18 minutes after two. Uh, when we come back, let's hear from Rudy Giuliani about the Mueller investigation not being legitimate. Find out what he says and why he believes uh, and why he now calls Michael Cohen a scumbag. 
We'll play both of those for you, uh, maybe one more, and then when we get into the next hour, Lindsey Graham, who is not my favorite senator by a long shot, does at times uh, hit a bullseye and gets a, a, a statement completely right on. I mean, a broken clock does strike uh, correct twice a day. Uh, he came out saying that Trump should tell the WTO they need to enforce trade rules on China or the U.S. will quit. And uh, we'll play that for you as well. Important stuff that the uh, senior senator had to say uh, there in the Senate just the other day. It's a 19 after 2, a quick break, and more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. I just sent that article about uh, the Democrats trying to hold up Kavanaugh's confirmation by demanding more and more documents but the question i have i don't know what the answer is to this i'm not a lawyer and i'm not by any stretch of, of the imagination a a uh, you know a specialist about constitutional law or history how many documents can the democrats ask for can the republicans say hey nice ask but those aren't pertinent, and so they don't offer them to you. I don't know how that all works. So I sent him the uh, article, and I have asked him in the uh, 5 o'clock hour for us to talk about that and, and get some answers. All right, so Rudy Giuliani has really had it with the Mueller people. Not happy at all. In fact, he was talking about the Mueller investigation and wasn't pleased. Here's what he had to say. To allow your client, the president, to sit down with somebody who... Good question. He, who you, <laughs> are you saying that the, that the Mueller investigation is not legitimate? Uh, uh, yes. Okay, you do not believe it's legitimate? Correct. Why would you let your client sit down uh, with that person? Well, maybe we have differing opinions within our group. We have, after all, five very, very good lawyers. We don't have five different opinions, but we have a split of opinion. And some of them believe it and is And also, we, are, we have a client... That, uh, we have a client, which you always have to consider, who's the president of the United States, who wants to be heard. Why would the president want to sit down with someone he has criticized? Well, maybe, 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 maybe Mueller has allowed uh, so many improper things to happen. He has so many prejudiced people with him that uh, the president may, may change his mind. We haven't tested but that. Why, but the, the no president, why. if the president feels this strongly, why are you still negotiating? Let's sit down. He doesn't feel that strongly. He feels he, feels, he has felt strongly about on some subject, being willing to testify. And is that over? I don't know. We haven't talked about that yet. But I, I think it should be, but he's the, he's the client, not me. You think the president still might have an interest in sitting down with Robert Mueller, who he has criticized via Twitter and elsewhere? What I think and what I know may be two different things. <laughs> I think he shouldn't. <laughs> I know how convinced he is that he's doing anything wrong and wants to explain it. And I've seen other people get into trouble thinking that. Innocent people. All right. So... Rudy Giuliani evidently at odds with other members of the legal team and maybe at odds even with the the president. I, you know, I personally think that the president, from all the different things that he has said over the time, wants to sit down with Mueller and have Mueller saying we don't find any collusion, anything at all uh, with the president. Uh, the president has got to be talked to by his closest advisors and to be uh, told that that's never going to happen. The Democrats 
are never going. And do I believe that Mueller ha- is being controlled by the Democrats? You're damn right, I do. And with that in in mind, uh, you should keep in mind that that means that he's never going to give the president uh, a clean bill of of uh, judicial health, uh, so so to speak. Giuliani also explained why just a few weeks ago uh, he was uh, saying Michael Cohen uh, was an all right guy, and now he's called Cohen a scumbag. And why did he change what he was saying about Cohen? Well, look, I mean, this is, here we go. You had said not two months ago that Michael Cohen was an honest and honorable man. I now just, you're saying he's a pathological liar. For well, now how, how, one is it? Well, that's, that's about as unfair a thing as you can say. How did I know that he was a lawyer taping his client? You, you tell me a lawyer is taping his client, i got to say, sorry, I made a mistake. The guy is unethical. He's a scumbag. He's a horrible person. I've never heard of a lawyer taping his client without the client's consent. I never heard of a person like Cohen doing what he did to Chris Cuomo, coming into his office in this building, taking out his phone, putting it away and saying, I'm not recording you, and then recording him for two hours. That was an off-the-record conversation, so we don't comment on that. Well, you, you don't have to comment. I have the transcript of it on the tape. I'm saying we don't. And, by the way, he didn't put out the first part of that tape. I had to go find the first part of that tape. He also cut off the last part of the tape with Trump, which our expert says is doctored. Yes. you got a really you, bad you, guy you're you doing. You've spelled out a lot of stuff here. I know. You it's say, it's overwhelming. It's, let's take a quick break, and then let's dive into all you, of the Cohen stuff, and we'll talk about it. I could be on all day if you want. Okay, let's do it. Clear the There are 183 tapes. Uh, okay, we'll be I just right need back a with more stuff of Cohen. We'll get you that. All right, so Giuliani's saying, hey, I got all day. You want to talk about this? She says, well, why did you say two months ago he's an honorable guy? She says, I didn't know you were, he was taping his clients at that time. Had no idea. I've I've had people that I thought were some of the most upstanding, right-on people I've ever known and thought good things about them, have backed them in legislation that they're running and things of that nature, and then turn around and find out uh, that they're uh, taking taking bribes. You know, that's, that's amazing to me. And then trying to cover up that they're taking the bribes and all the rest that goes along with that or not paying taxes and things of that nature and thought the people were good, uh, solid uh, conservatives. Guess what? They weren't. That changes your whole, uh, you know, thoughts about that person. It, uh, it leaves you with egg on your face, too. Because everybody, I think that if you said anything against the guys or you say anything for them now that sounds different than what you felt before, that uh, now you're just playing a game. You know, that's not the case, I don't believe, with Cohen. You know, people thought that he was doing doing the job that he was supposed to do as a counselor, and they found out that that wasn't the case. All right, when we come back, uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, saying, and I love this, that Trump should tell the World Trade Organization, enforce the trade rules because that's what they're supposed to do, or, in fact, on China, or the U.S. is done. We're out. Not playing that game anymore. That's a fool's game. 
when you've got uh, somebody that um, won't make somebody else play by the rules, and yet they make you play by the rules. You don't uh, you don't continue uh, playing the game with those people. You know, if the the rules only apply to you, uh, you can probably figure out how it's all going to work out when it comes to the end. But first, we're going to uh, take a break. We're going to uh, hear what uh, the most important story happening is happening right now. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. You know, one of the things that the president has been trying to uh, make clear to everybody is that we've been getting snookered for years now about uh, the World Trade Organization and, you know, other nations and, you know, trade in general. And we're being told to do this, do that, and uh, then uh, we we play by the rules and then there's other countries like China who manipulates their currency uh, that as the, the boats come in with our, our uh, you know, products on them, they make them sit off uh, in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the port and make them sit there for a long time uh, before they'll let them be unloaded, which causes the manufacturers a whole lot of money. We've heard the stories. We've had people on and tell us the stories about uh, companies wanting to do business in China and to be able to do that. Uh, a secondary company uh, that is paid for by Chinese, uh, the Chinese government uh, is given direct access to uh, you know things that are protected. Uh, the, the schematics of products, and they get a hold of them. They basically copy them. The government gives the company some more money. They start uh, making this product. They call it something different, and uh, they drop the price on it, which uh, is a lower price than the uh, originating company uh, can charge and stay in business. And so the Chinese run people out of business and they take over making the products. It is something the Chinese have been doing for years. Well, Lindsey Graham, uh, over the weekend, uh, was one on, on one of the Talking Heads uh, shows and was talking about this. And uh, he did about an eight or nine minute answer to a question and I think you need to hear this answer because it's, you know, I'm not a big Lindsey Graham uh, supporter, but every once in a while he gets it right. As I said, a broken clock strikes, you know, the, the right time twice a day. Well, this is one of those times when he struck correctly at least one time a day. And this is what he was talking about, what he thinks the president should do about the World Trade Organization. Meanwhile, the North is delivering on a promise to return the remains of U.S. service members killed in the Korean War. What does that all mean for the ultimate goal of dismantling North Korea's nuclear arsenal? Let's bring in Senator Lindsey Graham, who sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Senator, it's good to see you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Your thoughts on Thank where you. we are in this? <laughs> I'm sorry? A lot to talk about. Yes. Uh, North Korea, my thoughts. Uh, I think the only reason that we're moving forward with North Korea 
Is that President Trump convinced China and North Korea he was serious about them giving up their nuclear program? And in return, they'll have security and prosperity. Having the remains returned to the United States is much appreciated by the families and the country as a whole. But we're looking for complete, irreversible, verifiable denuclearization. I fear that uh, North Korea and China are trying to run the clock out. China has pulled North Korea back because we're in a trade dispute with China. So if I were President Trump, I'd keep the pressure on. I'd be willing to walk away. And the only way you're going to get a deal that really matters is to convince China and North Korea we'll use the military option to stop their nuclear program if we have to. And do you think that the North believes that now, or has it been emboldened by, by new strength coming from China? I think China is undercutting uh, President Trump when it comes to North Korea. Mm -hmm. But I think North Korea believes that President Trump will not allow them to develop a capability to hit the American homeland with a nuclear weapon. He has set uh, his policy in stone, complete, verifiable, irreversible denuclearization. Iran is watching. Russia is watching. The only way we'll get there is to put a deadline on this. President Trump said he wanted this to happen in his first term. I see the timeline slipping. That worries me. But the only way we're we've made any progress with North Korea is because Trump has been strong in the eyes of North Korea and China, and you have to stay strong. I don't want a war yeah. with North Korea, but if there's going to be one, it's going to be in China's backyard, not America's backyard, and I hope China understands that. Well, let, let me move on to the other nuclear power, Russia, and, and, and the potential for sanctions. Yeah. Do you want to see sanctions again put against Russia? A hundred percent. I will give President Trump credit for being tougher on Russia than Obama. That is without a doubt clear. You know, arming the Ukraine, expelling diplomats, imposing sanctions tougher than Obama did. But it's not working, Maria. They're still trying to interfere in our election. This week was good news for me in two, two ways. The president met with the National Security Council Friday, ordering them to harden our electoral infrastructure against Russia and other actors for the 2018 election. That's presidential leadership I've been looking for. I've talked to the Homeland Security folks. I've talked to everybody in the government. I think a good package is coming out of this administration to protect the 2018 election. Uh, Pompeo told uh, Menendez that he would work with myself and Senator Menendez and other groups to put new sanctions on the table for Russia. I'm going to come out with sanctions from hell on Russia because what we're doing is not working. Well, the president said that uh, we're not going to see Vladimir Putin come uh, meet with the president at the White House until after what the president called the witch hunt is over. Let me ask you about the Michael Cohen, right. Cohen news. Uh, he taped his client, which seems unprecedented to me. And now Rudy Giuliani is saying this morning that they tampered with that tape. You know, the one thing about Michael Cohen is that I've never seen a lawyer behave this way in my entire life, and I've been a lawyer my, most of my adult life. When it comes to Michael Cohen, you should be very suspicious of anything he says. He's on the hot seat. He's looking at going to jail, so people like him are subject to making things up. And I can tell you this. I talked to Richard Burr yesterday. Michael Cohen has already appeared before Congress talking about a lot of things. And this idea that he told Trump about the Russian meeting before it happened is to us very much new news. So, Mr. Cohen, if you got something new to say, you need to come to Congress and say it under oath. Uh, in terms in terms of uh, him saying it under oath, do you think that's a possibility? Will he actually testify again? I don't know, but I am tired of having President Trump tried in the media. 
this is the oddest way to communicate with Mueller is to leak a story to NBC News that you got some new information about the Russia meeting uh, regarding President Trump. I've been a lawyer all my adult life. I've never seen that work. That's a media strategy. So I know what Cohen had said in the past about President Trump not knowing anything about this meeting. Uh, he's on record, Cohen is, and if he's got something new to say, don't leak it to NBC News. You need to come to the, the Judiciary Committee, the Intel Committee, or both, and be willing to say what you're going to say under oath. Mm. And to every American, if I were you, I would be very suspicious of Michael Cohen right now. Senator, it seems like the Trump administration is quietly pushing ahead with a bid to create a new security and political alliance with the Middle East. To go against Iran, yes. give us the latest in terms of your, your viewpoints of Iran, where we're seeing more provocations against this president. Yeah. I've never been more pleased with President Trump than I am right now regarding Iran. He's working with the Arabs and Israel to isolate Iran. The European Union needs to help us. Instead of doing business with a, the Ayatollah, who's a religious Nazi, who's dismembering the Mideast, who wants a nuclear weapon and will use it one day, our European friends should join with the United States to break the back of this regime. The Iranian people are our friends. The Ayatollah is our enemy. And I like the idea of withdrawing from the nuclear agreement. He took the money the Ayatollah did and spent it on his military. The people are just about had it with the Ayatollah. There was a there was a sign out in the streets during the Obama year, uh, era. Are you with us? Or are you with them? Mm. To my European friends, are you with the Ayatollah? Or are you with the uh, Iranian people? Yeah, Keep fair... it up, Mr. President. Keep it up, uh, Secretary Pompeo. Break the Iranian regime's back. It's a fair... Regime change is coming to Iran. It's a fair question. And then there's China. Uh, the president's had a good meeting yeah. with uh, with the EU. Apparently, do you think this <laughs> strengthens the unity of Europe and the U.S. together to go up against China's bad behavior? That's the only way you'll bring about change. The WTO doesn't work when it comes to China. The European Union, Japan, all these uh, nations are being affected by unfair Chinese trade practices. Here's how this movie ends. Get a deal with Europe. They heavily subsidize Airbus, and that hurts Boeing. They have a 10% tariff on cars coming into Europe made in America. It's 2.5% if you sell a car into America from Europe. Let's go to zero as soon as we can, get rid of these subsidies, hmm. unite and reform the WTO until China. If you want to stay in the WTO, we're going to have new rules you have to abide by. Either kick them out or we get out, yeah. one of the two, because well, the WTO is not working. He's been tough on, on China, that's for sure, and, and, and poking holes yes, in that he as has. well. Let me ask you real quick before you go, Senator. Do you have the votes to confirm Brett Kavanaugh uh, to the Supreme Court? You just heard the vice president tell me he's expecting a confirmation before the midterms. There's a lot of doubt in this world when it comes to Brett Kavanaugh. I have zero doubt he's going to be on the Supreme Court. Uh, before the end of October. He's highly qualified, well-deserving. We're going to break the back of every Democratic effort to stop this good man from being on the Supreme Court. The president could not have chosen better. He's going to get confirmed with Democratic votes. All right. Well, we'll see if one of those votes is Donnelly or, uh, or Mansion, which, of course, uh, he's going to be meeting with next week. Good to see you, sir. Thanks, both. Sir. Thanks so much. Thank we will you. see you soon, Senator. Senator Lindsey Graham, House Republicans are working to declassify. All right. So that was, of course, Lindsey Graham. He had a lot of things to say there. I just led you in. I got you hooked. Wanting to hear what he had to say about the WTO, which he took about uh, 90 seconds to talk about. But he also talked about Iran and probably talked more about Iran than he talked about much uh, of anything of all the things that he that he covered. Uh, 
newest news about uh, Iran is that the president has reached out to Rouhani uh, in Iran and said, hey, I'll meet you if you want to meet. No preconditions. Let's just sit down and let's talk. Let's uh, let's get some things ironed out. If you're up for it, I'm up for it. So let's see what Rouhani has to say back uh, to the president of the uh, United States. You remember just the other uh, day, a couple of weeks maybe, uh, the president sent out some tweets that were pretty strong and uh, indicative of not being happy with Iran. And Iran was like, oh, you know, you really hurt us. Don't be saying things like that about us. And uh, now the president's saying, "Well, look, let's just get together. I'm gonna, I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I got the hand with the olive branch in it. Come on." No response yet. No response. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I'm, I'm with Lindsey Graham uh, about uh, Trump should tell the, the WTO to enforce trade rules on China. Uh, and and make China either quit or abide by the rules. I think that, uh, or we're going to get out. And I think that would be a great way of. Isn't it funny how the senators and the, and the congressmen now are all kind of, you know, cleaning up under their nose? Like, come on, come on, bring it, bring it, bring it. Pow, pow, you know, kind of, kind of working with these people that Obama's administration you know, did the wussy way all the time. You know, bow to them and and play play these games that they they never got behind and supported, and even during the Bush administration and during the Clinton administration, last administration before then that had been tough on uh, other nations was uh, was Reagan. <laughs> That's about it. We finally got somebody who's being tough again. And then lastly, when he was mentioning about Kavanaugh, if you remember. Very beginning of this hour, I talked about the Kavanaugh confirmation. Said that uh, uh, what uh, Feinstein's trying to do is try to overload them of saying how many different pieces of uh, of uh, paper they need from when uh, Kavanaugh was working as a, a secretary and a, a lawyer for the Bush administration and whatnot. And they're going to. The last I heard, they were asking for a million pieces of of paper a million pieces of paper, far more, usually about uh, 50,000 pieces of paper, but the normal for any kind of a confirmation hearing, they have gotten up to 100,000. So Feinstein wants to break the bank completely, go for a million. Uh, We're going to talk further about that come up on uh, the 5 o'clock hour. Robert Steinbach is with us, the uh, law professor from UALR's uh, Bowen School of Law. He's going to join us, and we'll find out, you know, how much of that do you have to, does the Republicans, since they have the majority, do they say have to say, okay, we'll get you a, a million uh, uh, pieces of information. I don't believe they have to give any of it if they don't want to. We'll talk about that when we get to the 5 o'clock hour, but Lindsey Graham said, we'll break the back of any Democrat uh, kind of thing like this. So that's a pretty strong statement. We'll break your back. So we'll have to see how that's going to play. She says Kavanaugh will be on the Supreme Court before the end of October. we got more to look at, but uh, before we do that, uh, you know, next hour, uh, we'll get into some other stuff uh, about uh, Magic Springs, something local, then 
Conduit for action at 4 o'clock, then Robert Steinbach at 5. But when we return, what Gingrich has said about what was the Obama team's greatest job, we'll hear from, uh, from them on that. And Alan Dertzowitz got off and got irritated and went after Mimi Rokok uh, from MSNBC, and you'll hear about that in the next segment. Don't go away. You want to hear Alan Dertzowitz. He'll, you know, he, he tells you basically S, you know, STFU, okay, but he uses like 50-cent words instead. <laughs> he, doesn't, he don't use the four-letter words. He uses the 50-cent words. Hey, don't forget about uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage. It's your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Their phone number, 9827451. You need a big part? They've got it. You need a little part? They've got it. You need the part put on your car? They can do it. Uh, if you uh, want a really good uh, warranty and a guarantee, they can offer it. Whether they get the part from right here at Sunny's or from one of the thousands of other salvage yards that they're hooked up to. I can just tell you this. You'll save about or a little bit more than 50% on that part. Uh, they do great work there. They've done a transmission and an engine uh, at, uh, for my family. Done great job for us. And they'll get it, get the part for you, get the installation done for you. Or if you want someplace else to do it, you can do that and still hold on to all the warranty and guarantees from Sunny's Auto Salvage. Your number one choice for recycled auto parts, their number again, 982-7451. You know, did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? I didn't know that, and knowing that next year I will start claiming my own, it makes me start wondering, well, what are all those different ways, and which one is the best way for me? There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook, and if you want to make it even more uh, tough, know that the Social Security Administration is actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice about how you should claim your Social Security. That probably is a good reason why over $10 billion a year in benefits go unclaimed every year. Learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. Get it from David Lucas. Call uh, them at 501 653 6690, that's 501-653-6690, so that you don't leave tens of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement on the table. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. That number one more time, 501-653-6690. 90. First 10 callers get a copy of that guide absolutely free. Now, right, we're down to about two and a half minutes here. Uh, in the next hour, uh, Mike Wampler is going to come on with us from Magic Springs. Uh, we're going to talk with him. I think they got something coming up with school supplies that he wants to talk about. Um, I know that they have a special concert coming up this weekend. We can talk about that. Uh, may have a couple more concerts. I think they, they go up through 
Labor Day on their concert, so we'll have him talk to us about that. I want to ask him about something that's even further down the, the road. I want to talk to him about Magic Screams and see uh, if that's coming around this year again and what uh, we can expect for that. That's always a great time of year uh, with uh, Magic Springs as well. And I wonder if they got anything maybe planned for Christmas time. You know, just all just want to ask him, find out what's going on. Are they already working the stuff for next year? You know, for who's the big acts they're having next year? You know me. I want to know. I'm like the National Enquirer. National Enquirer wants to know. I want to know. We'll find out when we come back. Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, moving to the 3 o'clock hour today. We're going to talk about what's going down over at Magic Springs. They've they've really have upped their game over the last few years, and they're upping it again this year. They're doing something again this year that they did last year. They're going to help the community. That's always a good thing, and Mike Wampler has joined us. He handles promotions over at the uh, the theme park. He comes in, sits down in the studio with us. Uh, we did this one other time a few uh Maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah. Just before, what, who was it uh, that was coming to be in, in concert? Was who, it before David Crowder? Or, or yeah, it was. It was David Crowder. Crowder. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. And how was the uh, turnout for Oh, that? my gosh. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Every concert so far has just been just um, standing room only, it seems like, out there in the, in the lawn festival area. Well, I got to tell you, Martina McBride had to brought in a huge crowd out there. She, for guys. Every artist has. Even with the weather. The way it was so dicey yeah. this, this past weekend, we had Skillet in town, and of course, you know they do an amazing, amazing show. Yep, and every, you know the faithful were all there. Good, I'm glad to hear that. And tell me, there's a there's a young lady coming this weekend. I wasn't familiar with her name. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Oh, absolutely, Lorne Elena. Okay. She was the American Idol winner. I don't, off the top of my head, remember which season that she won. Okay. But uh, she will be performing at 8 p.m. at the Timberwood Amphitheater. Uh, and then for your listeners, there's a Arkansas native son who's opening for her, Blaine Howard. Oh, okay. Uh, for those who are familiar with Blaine, he was the uh, the new male vocalist for the Arkansas uh, music I want to say it was their uh, their country music awards this year. Uh-huh. He, that was the award he received, and of course, Lauren Elena was just named the uh, country music award new female artist of the year at, at the country music awards. So, oh, very good! Yeah, so it's, people it's, get, a, it's a nice see her double now. bill. See her now. Well, yeah. tickets are reasonable. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I'm still amazed at some of the older groups that come in at Verizon, for instance, and they want. I mean, I saw them for like five bucks, and then I'm looking at people paying hundreds of dollars to sit within the first 20 rows. Right. Of course, I went when it was, you know, concert seating. Everybody got right at the door. Just and right there. Run! <laughs> and then they stopped that after the tragedy in Cincinnati. Right. With the who. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it, it is amazing how expensive it is to see some of the classic groups now well that's the nice thing about magic springs because all of our shows are absolutely free yeah. with your paid park emission uh you can get a reserved seat should you desire 
and that's an additional fee. It's eight or ten dollars, depending on where you actually sit in that reserve seating. Not a bad thing to get, by the way. Yeah, but let's be clear for just again, because there's always that one person who wants to come back at Facebook and scream at me that they thought that that eight dollar ticket got them in the park for free. Yeah, and I mean, come on, it. That's that's an add-on convenience for you to sit close to the artist, but mm-hmm. all of our shows are freed with your with whatever you come in with your seasons pass. You know, if you, you donated blood this year through Arkansas Blood Institute and got that free comp ticket, anyone can come in with a ticket to go to the shows. Makes sense. Seems common sense to me. But you know, a lot of you know there are people who want to try to push things. Well, we respond to everyone. We, yeah. may, we may not always get it right, but I assure you that we, we try to make sure that we, we end the conversation with everyone happy. That's the way you want to do it. That's exactly the way you want to do it. Now, something that you're getting ready to do here in, in the next few days and weeks is that you're going to be out collecting uh you know, pencils and pens and crayons and all kinds of all stuff. All the necessities for back to for school. school. I mean, oh my goodness, it, it'll be back to school time in a blink of an eye. Uh, most schools go back there on Monday the 13th. And so part of August the 13th. <laughs> what? August. August. I, it's, to me, that is un American. Now, what, what happened to Labor Day? I will, well, I'm going to find out how old you are, okay? When I got out of school, it was the day after memorial day correct okay we didn't go back to school to the first monday after labor Labor day Day. the rest of the time you're off that's right that's not the way it is any longer well it's because you had to help dad yeah well you did uh, i was i didn't live on a farm other people did i thanked them every day for making sure my my summer vacation was long and i got to play a lot of baseball of course, baseball season back in that day started the day after Labor Day and ended the uh, Monday after the you know or pardon me started the day after Memorial Day and and then you finished up right after Labor Day. Yes, sir. You know you don't even play. I mean, they play by five weeks now and they're done. They're finished. What, I, what's a kid do for the rest of the year? Get in trouble? I guess. I guess. That's all I can figure. Go figure. You know, you, and you worked around everybody going on their vacations and stuff. That's just the way it went. That's right. It worked out that way. Yeah, I don't understand that kind of stuff anymore, but I'm an old codger now. <laughs> I can I can say I'm like my father was. Why do I do stuff like that? It's just silly. So with that said, how are you going to make all of this work of pulling together all the necessary uh, school items for a lot of these children that don't have money to buy them well what we're asking parents to do while you're out shopping for your own children think about those families that are less fortunate and magic springs is going to step up as a good community partner and if you'll make a donation of a packaged school supply uh starting on saturday august the 18th uh when we when we go back to weekends only those those final two weekends of august or that long holiday weekend of labor day that saturday sunday or monday any donated school supply product will get you a half price admission to Magic Springs. That's good. That's really good. All right. So, you know, what does uh, what's that uh, package include? Well, you know, uh, we don't want to be the school supply police. So, be reasonable. You know, don't show up with a number two lead pencil and think you're going to get a, fr- a half price yes. admission to Magic Springs. But uh, any package school supply and and 
parents who truly know what it takes to supply their children know how expensive that really can be. So, you know, a pack of pencils, pack of markers, um, a, a ream of school paper. You know, if, if you want to go a little bigger, how about a notebook or even a backpack? I mean, the necessities that parents have to get nowadays are, are so amazing. So all we're asking is you be reasonable with your donation, and we'll take care of the rest. We'll make sure that you have a fun day at Magic Springs at Half Price. Yeah, you can go to Walmart or you can go to Target or a, a lot of the grocery stores even now get into this. And you can pull a piece of paper for Mrs. Jones third grade class and it has all of the things that you need just fill that absolutely that's a nice package that is a nice package but you know it it, it's more about just you know giving back to the community in any way you can and we're working with our friends over at the hot springs chamber Uh, they're acting as the repository as we get those donations and they're going to help distribute those to those schools of need so that they they trickle down to the kids yeah it's it's a necessity because they're just i don't know if you've had kids haven't had kids in in school for a while but i'm just telling you it's amazing how much as a parent you pay now so that your kid has the supplies they need and Typically, what they ask for at the beginning of the year gets you through the very half of the year. Half of the year, right. And then you have to resupply when they go back after the Christmas break. Yeah. It's tough. If you, bring in a, if you brought a couple of big packages of toilet paper, would that be okay? You know what? I saw that on a school supply list just this past weekend at Walmart. Uh, and I, I won't mention the school district, but they were asking the children to bring in tissues and hand sanitizers and, and, and rolls of toilet paper. So now, uh, you'd be surprised what are on those lists nowadays. Now, we won't try to get into where is your tax money going. We'll just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to say this is, is what they're t- asking for. There's not for. enough time in this There's not enough to do, to do that at all. All right, let's take our first break. Then we're going to come back and talk more with Mike. Now I get to ask him the really kind of cool questions, and that is the stuff that he doesn't want to talk about, because I want him to I want him to fess up what's coming up, you know, way down the line and stuff like that. He may I bet he's under threat of death if he answers some of the questions that I will ask him today. All right, don't forget about uh, Arrow Plumbing, arrowplumbing.net on the uh, on the internet. That's where you're going to get all the necessary information you need to be able to contact them. I'm not going to read you phone numbers and and uh, places to go, you know, here and there because you're driving, okay? I understand most of you listening to my show are in a car. So uh, you keep your eyes on the road, and I'll tell you, aeroplumbing.net or just Google aeroplumbing, and you can get all that information you need about how to contact them if you have something that needs to be done. And they'll do it, and they'll do it right, and they'll do it professional, and they'll do it well. I've used uh, the folks over at Aero Plumbing now since uh, 2004. It was the first time I used them. And they saved me probably hundreds, if not a few thousand dollars, when they could not diagnose, uh, not them, but some other plumbing companies, didn't know what was wrong with my my house, I didn't have any water pressure at all. And so one wanted to start digging up my front yard. And it was at that point that I said, nah, I don't think so. And um, I was working at another radio station here in Little Rock at that time. 
and uh, Aero Plumbing was advertising with us, so I called Earl Donaldson at Aero Plumbing. They sent somebody out to check it out. The guy says, what's the problem? I told him. He says, Dave, that's your pressure regulator. I know exactly what is wrong here. He got out of his truck, walked to the front of my house, walked to next to the uh, the spigot in the front of my house, reached down, and pulled out a piece that was a pressure regulator. Walked back to his truck, got that piece out of his truck, went back, installed it, bingo, bango, boom, I've got pressure uh, at all the faucets and in the bathroom at the, you know, for my shower and all of that. So I'm exceedingly happy. And it seems to me it was about $110 for the trip out to Cabot and then for them to change out the uh, regulator. It was a great, great savings of money. Uh, it was huge, as the president would say. And since then, I have always used Aero Plumbing. I suggest you do it as well. AeroPlumbing.net or on Google, just Aero Plumbing. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. With this is Mike Wampler. He is with Magic Springs out in Hot Springs, a great place to go with your family, have some fun. I had someone who was telling me just the other day, uh, this year they had won, uh, not won, they had uh, bought uh, the passes that let them get in all year long and said their Wednesday uh, included a trip to Magic Springs, and they said during the hottest part of this summer, that water park was a godsend. It's the best you know just floating on the lazy river and your friend mentioned a wednesday wednesdays are are the ideal days to go really why is that it's just low attendance uh everybody's typically at work right and, and so if you want to have a little staycation uh, or can slip out of that office a little early you know the park's usually open during the summer until seven or eight o'clock depending on which which week it is and uh just get out there when there's when everyone else is at work yeah, it was when Nana and Granddad wanted to be out there. You there know? you go. Yeah. So they would take the kids out, and they'd enjoy the park. In the morning, they do the other rides. Then when it get blazing hot, they were heading out to the water. Right by the wave pool. Find, yeah. the, find that shade, shade grove on that on that upper deck. Get your chair, stake out your claim, and just spend the afternoon there. Yeah. They said they enjoyed it because uh, the kids were old enough that they could kind of watch themselves so to speak but they were up there where they could see them Absolutely. if they disappeared from sight granddad went out on a uh, you know a safari so to speak to find them where they're at but they like that wave pool and stuff it's the best because it's centrally located you've got all the the kodiak cove and all the children's areas around the wave pool and you have the lazy river all right so everybody enjoys that evidently they do so maybe I need to get out there. Although, to take off my shirt, I might blind people <laughs> because I am so light. That's not that bad. I used to not be that way. But, uh, you know, I um, I decided maybe it wasn't so good to take all the hours of sunshine that I used to take. When I was stationed on Guam in the Air Force, I would go down to uh, Taragi Beach and sit right there next to the China Sea and it was just absolutely beautiful, and I would 
I'd work midnights because you know I was a just a, a one sleeve. I wasn't a slick sleeve. I had I had one. Uh, I had a mosquito on me, and uh, I'd get off at about seven in the morning, make my way down to Taragi. I'd hit Chow Hall first, and hit down to Taragi, and then I'd come back and try to sleep from three o'clock to you know eight, then get up and and go work. There you go. I was the color of mahogany wood. <laughs> By the end of the summer. The I'm golden saying, child. Oh, man. I had one of the greatest tans I have ever had in my existence. Oh, my goodness. It was great. And I've paid for it a little bit. But that's just the way. You know, they tell you age spots aren't really age spots. They're over sun spots is what they are. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. So, Mike, what what are some things that people should be looking forward to now towards the uh, the end of the season? There's still plenty of time to have a lot of fun out at Magic Springs. There absolutely is. I, we were in a staff meeting this morning just talking about all the many different things that are taking place in in the next uh, 15 to 25 days. Uh, this week alone, to Wednesday is Wacky Wednesdays, and we'll be having Scooby-Doo up here at 1, 3, and 5 at the Pinecone Theater. Very cool. Yeah. that's Like, like I said, Wednesday is the happening day. Okay. Uh, out of out of the park uh the following wednesday august the 8th we're going to have fred flintstone uh again at one three and five at the pine cone we've got a, you know a really some serious uh, entertaining concerts still coming up as we mentioned lauren and elena this coming weekend uh, we're going to have ladies night out on august the 11th uh, featuring in vogue so uh all you ladies grab your crew uh, you know, get a babysitter, leave the kids at home, and and have girls' night out, uh, enjoying the, the the music of En Vogue. Get ready to bust a move. I'm just saying, some great, great dance and music there. There you go. And then, of course, uh, we've we've got um, the uh, ride slides and school supplies kicking off on August the 18th. And then uh, you can't forget Labor Day weekend. I mean, we start off with uh, the uh, YouTube sensation Jacob Satorius performing on saturday uh september the first we'll do our hispanic cultural day on sunday the second uh we've got an artist uh, a group called banda carnaval which apparently is very very popular within the uh, the hispanic community um, both of those concerts again are free with your paid uh, one day admission or your magic spring seasons pass and then we'll we'll finish up the season on Monday, September the third, um, the the final last blast to uh, the summer at Magic Springs. All right. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Mike, and uh, I'm going to see if they can let out any names, perhaps that might you might see next year. Because I know you guys have to start working on them early to get to people. But I'm looking at him like. You know you're going to ask me that, Dave. I'm going to say I can't divulge that information under threat of death. So uh, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We'll talk about magic screams because that's not that far down the line either. And to be honest, it's one of my favorite times at the theme park. It is. Whoever came up with that for all the theme parks across America was a genius. Absolute genius. I think it was Universal, if I'm not mistaken, out in California that did it. And with their you know, a whole stable of monsters. It was a perfect time for them to do that. All right, let's catch on to the uh, 
Uh, the news, one minute to find out what's going on around the world, and then a little bit more, and we'll be back. And let me remind you about what Applied Research is up to. They've got several uh, studies going on. They need people to come and be part of these uh, studies. Uh, these are studies that are in the last phases of uh, for the drugs to go through before they're put on the market. Uh, they've got a testosterone study. If you're a 45-year-old to 80-year-old male, you've got low testosterone and you're at risk for cardiovascular disease or events, you may be eligible to participate in this clinical trial studying the effects of an investigative testosterone replacement drug. They're also doing, for you ladies, an overactive bladder. Uh, this clinical trial evaluates an investigational medicine for overactive bladder in women. Participants must be 18 to 80 years old, have at least a six-month history of overactive bladder symptoms that include urgency, incontinence, and frequency. Now, if you want to see if uh, you'll be able to be part of one of these uh, studies, all you have to do is call 501 501- Nine five four seventy eight twenty two. That's five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two. Or uh, visit them online at ARC Arkansas. That's one word: ARC Arkansas dot com. When you get there, uh, you'll see a, a listing of all the studies. There's a little drop down box tells you all the specifics about it. And then uh, you can put yourself in for these different studies. Again, this is Applied Research uh, of, of Arkansas. And again, 501-954-7822 is uh, the number. Our guest is, of course, uh, uh, Mike Wampler. He's from uh, Magic Springs. I invited him on and was I uh, had him on the, my calendar. I, I came out uh, last Friday Check my calendar, what's coming up on Monday, and there's Mike's name. I thought, yes, because I like Mike. I think Mike does a great job for Magic Springs. I think that, uh, you know, he keeps you well uh, abreast of what's happening, and that's what you want to do. Know what's coming up and plan for it, and you get your family all fired up for it, and then go out and have a good time. See, that's what I'm here for. That's what you do, and you have a good time doing that stuff, you know, you know. You can plan what flavor cotton candy you want. What what do you want on top of your, uh, you know, cake that you're, the funnel, funnel cake, cake that you're getting made? Do you want just powdered sugar? Do you want some fruit topping on it? You know, you got to plan all yeah. that stuff. You plan it, and then it's all a big big deal. All right, so can you can you let us in on maybe who we might see grace the stage? in uh, magic springs next year well obviously we're doing the very best we can to get the top well, of the top performers that yeah. goes without saying yes and i can assure your listeners that there that before christmas you will you will see at least one country western artist one rock and roll artist and probably at least one if not two contemporary christian artists oh, already cool. confirmed all right that's that's how aggressively we're working on the calendar now because that influences their decision to purchase a season's pass oh yeah and i know you and i was prepared today for, the, for that secret out of the bag that only only your listeners get get first okay so, so that today's secret tip mm-hmm 
Can we get a drum roll, please? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, so if they'll watch Facebook. Okay. August the 27th. Okay. We're launching a special 2019 Seasons Pass flash sale. Oh, very cool. So That's when you, you want to get in because you'll save some money on that. You heard it here first. So be watching social media over the next few weeks. But August 27th through august 31 we'll be running a 72 hour seasons pass flash sale and i can assure you that that the that they won't find a better price anywhere for a 2019 seasons pass and the real benefit of jumping on that seasons pass other than just the price Mm -hmm. is it's going to include magic screams this year So it's a it's a compelling reason to go ahead and make that commitment, buy that pass now for next year without knowing who the concert lineup is, because you know it's going to be good when sure. I'm there. It's been good this year, and they're going to get they're going to get Magic Screams this year included in their in their seasons pass purchase. All right, so that brings up one of my major questions, of course, for today, and that is Magic Screams. Talk a little bit about number one, how that came about. I think we we set that up by saying that uh, Universal uh, out in California was the first to do that, and then Six Flags got into it very heavily. You all have gotten into it, and heavily as well. How difficult, how long does it take to put that all together? It's about a 45-day, and and again, you you could theoretically plan for it all year long. Right. But we have to shut the park on Labor Day. And while the public isn't visiting the park, we still have two weekends of private corporate events. Okay. Uh, many of your listeners know that we host the Steve Landers Auto Group. Mm-hmm. We host Kohler. Uh, we're, we do Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arkansas on those next two weekends. So there, while the crews are in the park during the week, we have to operate for these private events. So we really only have, a, theoretically, about 17 days holy cow to get ready for opening because you know we open october the 6th on that first saturday for magic screams that means we have to build the four haunted houses Mm -hmm. we have to re we have to reimagine the park in preparation for those you know family fun by day and frights by night yeah yeah and you know this year we've we've had such success with magic screams that we've extended the operation now we're going to open at noon each of, each of the eight days, so we'll be open noon to 11 on Saturdays and noon to 9 on Sundays. All right. Now, during the course of the day, when the sun is up, are the scares a little bit easier for the the wee ones? And then as the sun sinks into the west, do the ghouls really come out and try to, you know, you know, wear a size too small underwear. Yes, and and with this extended <laughs> with the extended operating hours, this will be our first time to be operating earlier than six p.m. And typically, the first two hours of park operation were for the scaredy cats. So the houses are all toned down, mm-hmm. and but so what we'll do is we'll probably start opening those houses even earlier. We won't be opening at noon, obviously, but there'll be activities. So we're, we're going to move all of those fun family focused activities like the mummy wrap the pumpkin roll the uh king and queen of screams our costume contest we're going to do all of those from about two until say seven right and then 
you'll you'll have the full Halloween experience that evening. Okay. Do you when you sit down to pre, you know, get ready? Do you look at what are some of the things that have been on maybe uh, the last couple of years on big at the movies and and grab up some of those ideas to replicate them in your uh, scream fest that you have? We absolutely do. Um, as, as you know, we we have a successful summer dive in movie series where we have our fright fest fi- fright fest <laughs> flicks every Saturday and Sunday night. So we try to find a popular halloween or scary themed film and we're actually considering what films to, to showcase this year um so those will be at, at over at the split rock uh we also look at at the show package because you know magic springs doesn't have the traditional theme park shows right like you, like you find at disney and universal but we do during magic screams you know we had lola the lost the lost ghost and then we had also uh Oh my God! I'm just drawing a blank now because it it was it seems like just a minute ago we took place, but you know we have we have themed shows that take place, which uh, means singing and stuff, right? That's, it's more it's more of an experience. So okay. there's, there's a story that's that's told like a ghost story uh, with an ending to it, and then of course each of the haunted houses are themed. Well, there's a whole backstory with regards to that. Now uh, it's my understanding that they are bringing back the the new attraction from last year, which was the last ride, and basically that was the uh, the antique cars, the old timey cars down by the X coaster, and you as you went out, there was a zombie hunt and uh, using lasers to uh, actually shoot the zombies. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, it was very very cool. And people really really liked it, didn't yeah. they? They absolutely did. So that that was a brand new experience for last year, and my I understand that all the uh, the imaginers are backstage right now, planning on what those houses are going to look like. Okay, and so you're saying that you have about seventeen dollars, seventeen dollars, seventeen days to set all that up, and you try to do it really forty five days. But as you said, you got these other events going on. I mean, that's got to be busting your butt time it is and then you can imagine we don't do a holiday lights like some of the other parks but say six flags in dallas as soon as their fright fest is over they have to reimagine in preparation for how holiday lights are you all thinking about doing that we have we've had some discussions the the challenge obviously is as you and i've talked about is just staffing with with the majority of our staff living or residing in little rock um you know we think there's a there's a a, a market for it we just don't know what that is and what would it look like yeah it almost if you have to try it to see if it's worth doing it but you know you look at branson branson's basically shut down at that time of year as far as the shows and things go but people turn out in Branson to go see the light. Oh, they, Ab, it's been something that my family has done for many, many years, just going out and finding that neighborhood that, that all gets together. And yeah. Things. So I, th- I think during the holidays especially, people are looking for something to do, and it only makes sense that an organization like Magic Screams or Springs thinks about offering something for families during the holidays. Yeah, you should have Santa there. Set up, set it up like a Christmas story, so they can go up and and let Santa give them the boot down the slide. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest; that was all based on where I had my childhood in Hammond, Indiana, and that was. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the um, Holiday World. Well, I, 
Yeah, that's what they set up, but it was inside of a um, local uh, store. And I've been on, I was on that actual site that they had oh, for the okay. kids and stuff. So, yeah, I, I lived that. So I, 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 that was like watching my childhood on on the Christmas story. <laughs> that was amazing. All right, we'll come back. We'll, we got another uh, segment I want to do with Mike. I got more questions for him. I always have questions because, you know, Magic Springs really does uh, kind of infatuate me because it is a lot of work to do what they do. And I'd like to come back and talk about, you know, the people that have been working all summer long and now they're going to do, you know, uh, magic screams. And they've got to change their whole tenor of their thoughts. So we'll talk about that when we come back. About 13 minutes till 4. It's the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday. And uh, learning everything that you can about uh, magic uh, springs. Don't forget, I think you said August 18th is ride slides and school supplies it gets underway how long does it go to it'll go through um, monday the 3rd of september all right so keep that in mind bring in a nice package get half off on a ticket that's a good deal over at magic springs all right we've got about eight minutes remaining here with mike and uh, for magic springs mike wampler is his name he's head of all the the promotions and you making sure you have a great time when you're out at the park and I love him. I mean, I look at him and his smile just radiates that I enjoy doing what I do. And and that's 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 ninety percent of it right there. Loving what you're doing. It's exactly right. As long as I hit the floor every morning and, and, and thank the man upstairs that I've got a job that I love going to. And it's because I, I create memories for families. All right. So let's talk about some of the things that we spoke about during this hour. If you've just joined us this is for Magic Springs and down in Hot Springs. Here's what's coming up. On August 18th, there's a very special opportunity for you. It's called Ride, Slides, and School Supplies. Run them through it, Mike. Absolutely. If you'll bring a donation of a packaged school supply item to Magic Springs between the 18th and the 3rd of September, you'll receive a, f- a free admission, or sorry, half price, $29.99 plus tax, half price admission for your donation. And those donations are going to go a long way to helping those underprivileged children uh, have the supplies they need to, to start their educational. All right. So let your conscience be your guide. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. You know, uh, is it something you want your child to be given? It, should they need something at school? Yeah. So keep that keep that in mind. If you want some hints, go to uh, any of the big box stores. Grab one of those lists that they have sitting out. Uh, by the school supply areas and and get a few of the things that are on that list and bring them with you absolutely you don't have to spend an arm and a leg but you know it's it's about giving and so just give magic springs will reward you with that half price admission all right so there you got that uh you've got a uh, special concert coming up this weekend we got this weekend uh cma uh new female artist of the year lauren elena performing at the Timberwood Amphitheater at 8 p.m. this coming Saturday night, free with your paid park admission or your Magic Spring Seasons Pass. Here's your opportunity to see an up-and-coming star and it not cost you an arm and a leg. Exactly. You know, we talked a little bit about that earlier on. Uh, a very Something that was announced here on my show earlier, let's announce it one last time, there is a flash sale 
that you won't want to miss. So I'm going to let Mike talk about that. Starting on August the 27th and running through August the 31st, we're going to be launching our 2019 Seasons Pass flash sale. Uh, I can assure your listeners that that will be the lowest price that they'll be able to snag a pass for next year. And that pass is going to come with admission to Magic Screams for this year. So you can come any of those eight days in 2018 with your 2019 Seasons Pass. Okay, and uh, Magic uh, Screams, I don't think we announced the uh, days exactly, so give them the days. Kicks off on Saturday, uh, October the 6th. It'll run every Saturday and Sunday in the month of October. The hours are noon, which is new for us. So four extended hours every day, noon to 11 on Saturdays, noon to 9 on Sundays. And then last but not least, you said that Country Act, a Rock Act, and at least one Christian Contemporary Act will be announced when? Before Christmas. We, we We want them up on our website so that everyone can make plans now on when they want to come see some see someone at the concert venue and of course because of the success of our 80s hairband festival you're going to see another festival type concert date on our calendar for next year as well there you go all right sounds great mike always a pleasure to have you here uh magic springs uh, is a great place uh for families to go have some fun during the time when it is hotter than hades here in uh, central arkansas you've had some really record-breaking heat this we year. have and then but today as i left the park to come join you on your show you know there was probably 900 people uh inside the park having a great time because the the weather had pushed through uh it's a little overcast a little cooler everything was running and they were having just the time of their life okay and then you all are working hard at whatever your newest part of the venue is going to have next year correct isn't there something you're supposed to be adding there is there is a team looking at what what that new and difference going to be this sure is all right we'll have to bring them in sometime we will bring them come on in here you're always welcome on the dave ellswick show thank you sir because you're the man who brings fun and uh, happiness we try well you do a good job mike thanks so much mike wampler here on the dave ellswick show we've got uh, news coming your way here in just a few moments in the next hour uh conduit for action taking a little bit uh step back and going to start redirecting what they are doing to find out what that means you're going to have to be here in the next hour for brenda and joe and for them to tell you about it if you've been listening to the morning show with paul harrell you know that they've uh, they've uh, widened that which they talk about on the air and that's a good thing and uh we'll be talking to them about that in the final hour you know i've been talking about the democrats have been saying that they want to slow the confirmation process down on kavanaugh try to keep him from being confirmed before uh the midterm election we will talk about that with robert steinbach how many pieces of paper can you ask for The word out now is that the Democrats are asking for like a million pieces of paper on Kavanaugh. The most ever in a confirmation was 100,000. Unbelievable. We'll talk about that. And does does the Republicans have to say, yeah, sure, we'll do that? Or couldn't they go say stick it, you know, where the sun don't shine? We'll talk about that on uh, the final hour of the Dave Ellswick show today. 
because I don't know. I'm not a uh, Supreme Court specialist. I don't know what all the uh, the rules are that they have uh, that they've got to follow to get the uh, necessary information that uh, they want. But when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking to Brenda and Joe, and we'll talk more uh, about what uh, Conduit for Action has in store for us over the next few weeks and into the next few years. That's all coming your way. But right now, news is on its way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you for the 4 o'clock hour. Some of you are heading home right now. Congratulations. You made it through your Monday. That's always a good thing. And uh, we'll keep you entertained and informed as you make your way towards your home this evening. Uh, if you're going to have, uh, you know, grill steaks out on the, you know, the barbecue or whatever, feel free to call uh, uh, Russ and tell us where you're going to be at, and we'll try to make it. All you got to do is make one extra steak. Dickie and, Stevens. And we'll do that. Is that where you're going to be at? You got baseball tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Oh, you do? Who are they playing tonight? believe they're playing the naturals no naturals were not nice to them up there in northwest arkansas the last Man, few i'm times. not worried about it they won the first half so what the heck okay now since they won the first half how about those cardinals on well, saturday well that was that great. game for you dave it was great no problem whatsoever you, you, you enjoyed that game as a cub fan didn't bother me at all because <laughs> let me ask you who's in first Ah! <laughs> anyway, how'd you like that game last night? I didn't see last night. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I tried to stay up and watch the whole game and could not. I went to bed when it was still 2 2. I have to admit, I got into the ballpark, had to grab a bite to eat, and, and my blood sugar was dropping, so I was having to get something to eat really quickly. I but, bet. Uh, got into the ballpark, and I missed the first pitch. And. By the time I got into my seat, the bases were loaded, <laughs> and Ozuna walked up to bat. I sat down. I took two bites out of Bang. my worst smack right out of center field. Grand slam home yep. run for Ozuna, and the cards were up five he hit, to nothing. They were up two, uh, uh, two to one at the end of one last night. Ozuna hit that two-run home run last night. You know, he's on fire right now. He is, and it's about time he got up. He hasn't been uh, playing well. Is that what you're trying That's to tell me? That's what I understand. <laughs> I heard that if he was having trouble hitting curveballs, I heard that he actually had, had built an idol in front of his locker and was and was playing, praying. Jabu. Yeah. <laughs> and it must have worked. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It must have worked. That's all I got to say. He hit a couple against the Cubbies this weekend. He played He played well. I can't say anything. But last night, Cubs came back, won 5-2. And uh, everybody else in the Central Division lost. We got tonight off. We take a night off, and then we play Pittsburgh 2. Then we go back to Wrigley and play San Diego 4. I'm going to be honest with you, that should be a, a four-game winning streak when San Diego comes in. Man, are they bad this year. I had some. I had some lady. I went. Uh, my seats, and I'll have to share with you how good my seats were. Okay, I had box seats when I was down there. Oh, if that really? Tells you anything? Very nice. And so I got to go down into the clubhouse to uh, get my get my soda and my yeah. my food, and uh, got down there, and there was some Cubby fan down there who was singing, "Hey, hey, yeah." Or, what do you say? Cubs are going to win today. Yeah. Yeah. You got that. 
<laughs> and then Ozuna said, Boom. when I turned around. Yeah. She said, what are you laughing at? I said, you and my boss, I mean, my, my boss, my coworker back at the radio station are both Cubs fans and they're losing right now. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. We're still in first base. I don't mind to lose a few games. Just don't fall out of first place. All I care. No, they'll do fine. But I got it walking out of the ballpark, and some guy was was uh, razzing Cubs fans, and I said, "How about those Brewers?" Oh wow! <laughs> he said, "Who would dare root for the Brewers?" I said, mm, "Cardinals fans, maybe." Yeah, right now you might want to be rooting for them. So. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about because I know that we got Joe and we got Brenda on the line from Conduit for Action. Hey guys, hi, how are you today? It's good to have you with the with us here for the Dave Ellswick Show. We got some really good breaking news to talk about today. Well, one thing I'd like to say it's it's really great to hear you in good spirits today compared to last week. So yeah, that's, that's great news. Well, I mean, I'm in good spirits today, but. You know what? Uh, there's been things going on here in the Capitol that uh, will not make you in good spirits. It, it can, it can, it can. You can change as quickly as the weather does in Arkansas. Well, we're, we are ready to hear it because we've been working all day. Well, here's what I do know about uh, what's going on here, and that is, I still don't believe what Hendren's saying about, uh, you know, putting up. Uh, uh, the meetings and putting up the floor speeches and all of that, uh, streaming it. Uh, the way that that's all being uh, purposed and, and presented to the, the folks here in Arkansas is that it ain't going to happen uh, for 2019. If it don't happen for 2019, I don't know if it'll happen, uh, happen at all. And there's no reason why it shouldn't happen uh, next year, it's it can be quickly done. Uh, this this crap about they got to run a study and all that. What do you got to run? You got to walk a hundred yards to the house doors and say, "Hey guys, how do you do this streaming thing?" And oh, oh let us show you, and we can we can show you this over the next two hours. Oh, that's one of the fastest study sessions that we've ever had on anything here in uh, uh, Arkansas's uh, you know Senate and. Uh, house as far as that goes I, I it's just a bunch of bs and again i have been asking my listeners and uh, we've been posting this uh, four or five times a day to uh, make sure find out first who your state senator is get their name and then i'd like that you to send them something on the uh, the internet send them an email and ask them to stream the session the the uh, the, uh, uh, the Republicans uh, and their, and then also all of the uh, all of the uh, committee meetings and the House of, or not the House the Senate uh, chamber floor arguments and to uh, you know stream them that people can watch them and in the committees and on the floor on the floor it's not so much of a problem. A voice, uh, not a voice vote, but a vote that is written down and made public so people know how everybody voted on, you know, things that went through the uh, the committees. We're asking 
our listeners to do that and to rattle some cages now because they can do this now. They don't have to wait. And that's the stuff that's got me irritated right now. Well, Dave, like I talked about last week, you know, I could really care less whether they ever stream, you know, and I don't care anything about their ethics training. You know, I would rather elect people that don't need the ethics training that got it at home when they were kids. But what we what we do care about is recording the votes, and that doesn't cost a nickel. You know, and and I think it's a strategy. It it, it, it appears to me that the strategy they use is, is a, a negotiating strategy that you use. Argue with your counterpart on details that don't really matter to you one way or the other. Uh-huh. So that you don't ever get to the ones that really do matter. Well, that's, that's what I think is happening here. Now, my bottom line is if they don't have to do any of it, they'll do none of it. Now, that's just the way I feel about it. And I think if the if Arkansas voters want this stuff to happen, they're going to have to ring and the bell over there, and they're going to have to shake the cage and do it loudly. If they do that, this will be a no-brainer. This will happen so fast, nobody uh, uh, it, it will be at light speed. Well, we need, to, we need to pick the battle we want to win, which is record the votes. You know, you're not going to be able to hear voice votes and who voted for what. On the video. I mean, all they've got to do is write down who voted what with a pencil with a guy sitting there being the secretary or the gal being the secretary, write down which way they voted, take a picture of it, put it on the Internet. That's how, that, that's how hard that is. Yeah, well, all they got to do is give them, hey, how much would it cost, do you think, to pay, you know, make those little like those fans that you used to get when you were in church when there was no air conditioning, so you could fan yourself. Have one that says "yay," have one that says "nay," and just have a black a blank one that means, you know, present. And they got to hold that up when they vote. They don't have to say a word. They can be absolutely quiet. Just just hold up the the fan so everybody they can make notation down on it. And then everybody can see what the what the vote was, and by well, whom. You're assuming that they might even want to do that. They, that's the thing they fear the most, I believe. Oh, I don't disagree. Kind of I don't disagree. I know that I've had twenty listeners get back to me and saying, "I've called my uh, my senator. I told them that's what I want." One lady said she called the uh, senator Rice and told him, and he said. I've been saying that from the very beginning, and we want to see it happen. And uh, the whole thing about getting votes written down is going to be difficult because a lot of people don't want you to know how they voted. Well, I was laughing when you told me holding up the signs. I mean, that would cost us nothing because all three of us would would send them all the signs they needed on a regular basis for when they even wore out. But, um, you know, once they are able to record the votes of those not present that make up this quorum. Now, that's going to be really interesting. (laughs) Well, I've been in, see, this is the reason I want these things to be streamed, because I have been at meetings where there hasn't been a quorum, and a quorum has been declared. Have you you ever been to one of those? Oh, yes. I mean, when you have the ghost legislators there? Yes. Yeah. meetings were canceled when the wrong people were there. Yeah, but the ghost legislators is, is, is more egregious even because it's so obvious that they declare a, um, a major a quorum and then they hear 11 votes, you know. Now, now how, something, two of I want to know how ethics training is going to fix that. Yeah, 
Well, I, mean, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to cheat. You got to send. Well, but you got to send. Evidently, a person can't cannot uh, count, so you have to send them back to elementary school. Well, in in some other country, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you wonder what's being taught in elementary schools of America. I would agree with that as well. But yeah, I'm I'm going to keep it going on and and trying to get uh, people to keep keep on uh, calling uh, and keep on complaining. You know the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and if if we or the shotgun blast, yeah. But I think that what we're talking about is something that you know our organization of conduits have found to be you know our primary goal, which is transparency. We just want the people to know, and a lot of people come back and say people just don't care. They're not even voting. I talked to Dan Douglas the other day. He said that there was a eight point four percent turnout in his district during elections this last primary season and they conclude from that people really just don't care conduit could say people don't care but we've decided we don't care that they don't care we want them to at least know yeah you got to let them know you know you you've got to keep telling people to do the right thing and i believe people will do the right thing i guess it here's what my my worst thoughts on this are that it will take something of such magnitude, and that's not going to be a tax increase or something. I mean, something really egregious that's going to get people's attention, and they're going to say, this has got to stop. And then maybe they'll, you know, at least 10% will pay attention. Well, one, one can hope. Well, there's the, you know, we, we've looked at the threat of indictments of more senators other than those who have pled guilty. And, you know, holding our breath, will it be the governor's nephew? His, will it be the governor's ex-chief of staff? And those are certainly two people who have been implicated in, in current pleas. And, you know, we have two um, newly appointed U.S. attorneys. It be their job to issue those indictments and go forward on those prosecutions. And people have pointed out you have one whose wife works for the governor, one who used to be a law partner. And, you know, we can get very discouraged at those ideas as these seems to be justice delayed. And so we at Conduit have decided, okay, well, you know, that might be the case, but we'll continue forward. And uh, if nothing else, we have, we, we have an organization similar to Judicial Watch, which, which can roll out FOIA requests. We can dig in. I know it's taken Judicial Watch a long time yep. to dig into the deep state in D.C. It may take Arkansas a while, but, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Arkansans deserve for any of us, including you, Dave, to give up. Well, I haven't given up in the... You know, 18 years I've been here, I I don't think I'm going to give up until I finally sign off on the last time when I'm on the air. At that point, it'll be because I've gotten tired of doing the job that I'm doing, but it won't be because I'm tired of trying. That that never is going to occur. You know, I'll, well, something that occurs to us and that is I think universally people would agree that there's a great divide in the country. Yeah. Well, what is the divide exactly? And, and it occurs to me that the divide is people that are above a line get to do whatever they want and they get away with it, or you're below the line and you get hammered for everything you do. Well, but I you think got Hillary that's above the line. But see, I think that's only part of it, uh, Joe. I think there's there's a there's much. I think there's different factions of that division. That's there. I agree. You know, that, that's been going on for a long time, that the, one, the yeah. people who have the money, 
uh, you know, get away with with uh, with whatever. The people who don't have money, you're going to cool your heels in jail. I mean, that's something that, that we've always thought. There's a, another divide of people who say the public school system is not teaching uh, the important things. They're, you know, something that I always say, they're majoring on the minors and mar- minoring on the majors. And I, and I think that that's another division we have as well as a division between people who, uh, you know, are religious and people who are not religious. That's another divide that we have in this nation. And that used to not be a big divide, but it's gotten much larger over the last eight to ten years. Well, now, all the divides you mentioned are, are really just subcategories of the great divide. You know, you can have honest debate until you get to a certain point, and then your opposition wants to crush you, put you in jail, take your money away, delegitimize mm-hmm. you, yep. whatever they've got to do to marginalize you. But if you're above the line, it's civil discourse. I mean, how, how many more hours are we going to have to listen to Benghazi and the IRS scandal and Fast and Furious? Nothing's going to happen to those people, ever. Now, why is that? I don't care about D or R. But that's the same thing that happens here in Arkansas. You know, if you get busted for your fourth DUI and there's a tiny technicality of a state policeman that wrote the wrong, checked the wrong box and you get off scot-free, but the rest of us would, uh, would go to jail, no question, or, or, you know, do the DUI thing just because your name is whatever it is. You know, same thing with the Lamoureux of the world, the Jeremy Hutchinsons of the world. I mean, it's the same thing. Is, is is there justice or is there not? And and let's sort that out first. All right. I because mean, the other problems can then be resolved, and we've thought about them for years. It's getting just like the Politburo in Russia. If you're a member and you're connected, you're above the law, and that's either party. All right. Well, well the fact that the rule of law has been thrown out on so many levels, you know, in yeah. D.C., and, you know, you have a— Immigration, you know. Right. Our president, his attorney, his work papers, all of the confidential, I mean, the, the breach of confidentiality between an attorney client. And when that, when that means zero, and then you get to read about your, your recordings that your lawyer made against your will, you know, in the next news release, I mean, to, as an attorney uh, whose career is based on the rule of law being applied, it's so shocking and, and frightening, you know, really. Well, and I agree, Brenda. We'll talk further about this. I want to talk with you all about uh, you all are evidently thinking about making some moves as well uh, as Conduit for Action. Paul is having some different guests on his show. We'll talk about all of that during this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. i got to get a break in. Let's do that. Did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? On top of that, There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. And then the worst part of this that I'm going to tell you is this right here. The Social Security Administration is actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own about how you're going to go and claim your Social Security benefits. And that can add up to thousands upon thousands of dollars If you don't do it right, it's no wonder why as much as 
$10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. Learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas. Of course, David is the host of the David Lucas Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave tens of thousands of dollars of your retirement on the table. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, back with you. We've got folks on from uh, Conduit for Action. They're going to be looking at times at more national type topics. And with that in mind, Brenda and Joe, I've got to ask you, did you see the article today of how much Medicare for all would cost us here in the United States. Yeah, was that like thirteen trillion? <laughs> uh, a little bit higher. Keep going. Well, uh, whatever it is, we, we've got that in our wallets. Thir- yeah, thirty-two um, trillion dollars over ten years. Let's do it. Yeah, it's only money. We, let's apply work requirements, and all will be good. Yeah, thirty-two. <laughs> trillion dollars and bernie sanders says he wants you to feel the burn you're not only gonna, you're going to feel the broke is what you're going to feel unbelievable well, uh, somewhere along the line somebody calculated if you taxed the one percent at a hundred percent that it wouldn't even be a drop in the bucket there you go absolutely well it, it's not unlike if you take scale into effect uh, or a scale into uh mind the Medicaid expansion due you know, payments that are going to be due shortly. Um, you know, there was an article in the paper this weekend, or maybe it was today, I don't know, I kind of lose track, about the um, emergency, you know, ambulance service that's going broke up here. And, and they said, we're suddenly in a crisis, and it's like they were in such shock. And, and they were said 28% or whatever is Medicare, Medicaid, and then their insurance, and then the private pay. But the thing that stuck out, stuck out to me about the article is that all the people who have insurance, they don't pay because their deductibles are so high that it never covers the ambulance. I mean, think about what's happened with our deductibles, uh, Dave, and you're, you're in my recent memory of adulthood. And, you know, you go now and people can file bankruptcy on just owing for their deductibles. I mean, remember the good old days when you looked at one or 2000 and thought that was hideous. And now you're twelve, fourteen thousand 14000 for a deductible. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I guess you heard the president said uh, uh, Sunday that uh, Medicaid or Obamacare is on its final legs it is about ready to collapse and die in front of us well i mean it it was already predicted to be there by conduit five years ago but i don't know that the goal is not so that it doesn't collapse isn't it right because what happens next though is what everybody isn't ready for is okay obamacare is gone look at all these people now what are we going to do about uncompensated care because they didn't pay attention to what the uncompensated care argument really was. And look at all the hospitals that have overbuilt. I mean, they have built way past what can be sustained. 
And have they now really sold the fact that health care is a right? And I'm not sure that that really hasn't been the underlying goal and hasn't been accomplished. Well, it seems to me, I said this from the word go, ever since the 90s, well, even before then, all the way back to, uh, trying to think, uh, Roosevelt, and uh, they've always wanted single-payer health care. They've always looked at England as having the perfect, you know, way to handle health care, and the United States has always wanted to follow it as well. So Harry Truman wanted single-payer health care. He never got it. Uh, Hillary Clinton, back in the 90s, wanted single-payer. She never got it. And then we had, uh, you know, idiot out there in uh, Nevada, Harry Reid, who said, that's what we really wanted when we got Obamacare, but we knew we couldn't get it then. I guess they figure they're going to be able to get it now because they've, they've programmed the American people to believe that we all need to pay more so other people who supposedly can't pay more should get free health care. Well, it seems to me that most people, most of our listeners here, would be able to identify with if there was just one provider, they could do it more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, A lot of paperwork and stuff would go away and there would be routines and processes refined. And that's the way it would be in a small business. But what they don't get is this is a government operation which they have 50% more people than they need in any department because they don't have to work, they can't get fired, and there's no alternative for you to go. I mean, let's just talk about DMV for just a minute. That's a, kind of a cliche, but you know, if you could get your tags from Amazon on the Internet, the DMV would be out of business. But they wouldn't allow that because they would be exposed for, you know, having 15 people sitting there, half of them on a break at any given time. And then that's what government health care is going to be. But it makes sense to some people that a single payer might be more efficient. They don't have an idea what's coming. And if we allow it, it's going to come and it's going to be too late. And And we're not going to be an exceptional nation that people come to to get their health care. We'll be just like everybody else. Yeah, we'll be. I was in England in 2008 when they were having their 50th anniversary, whatever great anniversary it was for their healthcare system, and they were berating it. You know, every time you turned on something, they were talking about how horrible it was, and uh, this was the celebration of of it. And they they kept talking about how great the American healthcare system is. And you know, I mean, we still have some memory. I'm not sure how much in the last 10 years has been eroded, but of of capitalism and you know, the best healthcare system in the world because we have, you know, incentives to go out and make money from it. And I, I don't know that that's, you know, I think that the, we now have seen big big corporations partner with the government to try to figure out how to really still stay in the ball game with big pharma and big insurance. But, um, you know, we've got some work to do. I hope Donald Trump is able to uh, pull the rabbit out of the, out of the hat with this. Well, yeah, I think it mainly stems from the government controls the regulations and dictates what you have to do as a hospital to such a degree that you can't have a private hospital anymore with any autonomy whatsoever 
so that you would be able to possibly create real competition. They don't, you know, they can't have that. It can't coexist with single payer. Well, with single payer, everything will have its price, and everybody will charge the same price. Well, it's free. <laughs> what do you mean? Didn't you listen to Bernie? Single payer is free health care. Yeah, I know. I was standing beside one of the attorneys in my office last week when one of her clients called, and he's reciting a problem. He said, now, just let me, let me explain it now. Let me explain it. I was going to have this medical procedure done. I call my doctor. He gives me a price of, oh, it's, you know, I can look it up. Oh, it's $400, $700. And he gets two different people giving, giving him prices, and they're $1,400 total. And he gets his bill, and it's $9,700. And uh-huh. so now the collection agency is dunning him for $9,700, and he can't figure out, you know, the difference in the 9700 and the 1400 he was promised. And, you know, it's... Yeah, everybody bills you separately. But that's that uncompensated care piece, you know, that we we love and adore the hospital math. Yeah, the, you know, the insurance companies will claim that they, you know, it costs them $200,000 for your surgery. And, you know, of course, they get your deductible and you pay 80% of it. But I've asked several times, and you cannot get them to give you the actual dollars they did pay out. That was just what they were billed. Right. Kind of like the, the car dealers that sell you a car at in, at below invoice cost. Well, they can show you that invoice, but that's not what they paid. Well, you know, right. there's all this kickback and discounts and things like that, but it's a way to get more of the consumer's money by showing them statistics that would appear that they paid out in claims more than you paid in. But that they can't prove that that he did that. Well, like this ambulance article I'm talking about in today or yesterday's paper, it it says, well, now, well, our Medicare Medicaid customers they're on a different rate because we've had to enter into contracts for how much we would receive from them, so we're way undercompensated for that piece. Like the jails, the prisoners, state yeah. prisoners in county jails. Yeah. You know, they're only going to pay so much, so the rest of us have to. And yeah, I thought we were already doing that with the insurance company premiums well, uh, so were adjusted for the people at the hospital that wouldn't pay. I, I was wondering if you were going to catch that part. These people on Medicare, Medicaid, or, or Medicaid are insured now in Arkansas. Arkansas works. I mean, you know, deductible. I mean, they don't have those problems. You know, so, like seventy of them are working now. But they, but they have the contracts where the provider will still only be paid so much. So where's this margin going? Yep, it's a bad situation when government takes over an industry. It well, never has worked well. It's going to be the exact same thing that they have over in England. The people who can afford it buy a separate individual insurance policy that uh, whatever your Medicare or Medicaid doesn't cover, or I don't know what they call it in England, you know, MediShare or something like that, everybody gets the same price. You have this extra uh you know, insurance that you pay for, and it picks up uh, 80% of the stuff that the government doesn't pay. I guess you guys have already heard about how that typically works over uh, in Europe. I'll tell you another good one. Uh, they It was showing that the Europeans, in fact, in, Europe, in, um, in Britain, they weren't getting seen quickly even in in the most emergency situations, and so they passed a law saying that if you were in a uh, when an ambulance pulled up to the doors 
and uh, they pulled the patient out of the ambulance, the clock started running, and you must have given that person service within 20 minutes. Now, the problem was that they understood it was when you were offloaded from the ambulance. So what was happening is if they couldn't get to you in that 20 minutes and they knew that, they would just keep the ambulance circling the hospital until they could get down to the 20 minutes, and that could be two hours from then. So the ambulances just kept going around the hospitals to avoid starting the clock. Remember what Obama did about the, the, the rich getting better insurance or better medical treatment? They, they just, you know, applied the Cadillac tax. And, you know, you can pay you know, an extremely high penalty for trying to usurp the system and getting better yes. care. I mean, it's really sad. Yep, it's, you, you name me one thing the government does more efficiently or effectively than, than the private sector. It isn't going to happen. Yeah, that's why you don't trust the government with your money. I mean, it's that simple. I like Joe's ideas, which he hasn't mentioned. I'm shocked. The uh, county hospitals. Well, yeah, yeah, think about that. If you're going to have charity care for people, it ought to be done as close to the public or to the, to the uh, town as possible. You know, the closest to the people is best. And they used to have county hospitals all over the state, as you, as you remember. And... and to me, the money ought to be raised locally, and that whatever they can afford locally is the amount of free care you get. That's it. If you can't afford to go to this hospital, then you go to the county hospital, and whatever you get there is what you get for free. If you don't want to go there, you know, then go out and get a job and make some money. <laughs> but the state should not be anywhere near this, let alone the federal government. I mean, that's, that would be the most efficient way to do it if government's involved, is county hospitals, not national health care. You know, county hospitals, how, how much more accountable can you get? Yep. We've proven on the national system there are a lot of brokers in between to be paid. Yep, everybody's got to take their skin. All right, we've got to get a final break in. Let's do that. We'll come back. We'll talk more. As you can tell, we're, ta- we're talking about Uh, some national-type issues. You're going to hear that more often from Conduit for Action. Go to their website, uh, conduitforaction.org. Make sure you listen to the Paul Harrell Show in the mornings at 6 a.m. to 8 8 a.m. right here at 101.1 FM. The answer, he's been bringing on some very interesting uh, guests from the Cato Institute and some other places as well. We're back in just a moment. All right, here with me today, my special guests, Brenda and Joe. They join me every Monday from 4 to 5 from Conduit for Action. I just got uh, Bob Portal just sent me a quick uh, text, guys, and here's what he said. The VA hospital is the future of health care if you go with the government health care style. If they could get it right with the VA then it would have been right, but that's the best that they've been able to do with government health care, which we all know is abysmally wrong. So uh, that's a good sign. That's what I've always told people. When they were looking at Obamacare, I I started talking and saying, if you want to see what government health care is like, just join the military and see what you get in the military because that's a perfect example where you don't get to see any nurses 
if you, it, the only way you get to see a flight surgeon if uh, you happen to be an officer and things of that nature. It is not the way America wants to go. But well, they went that, they went that way anyway. Bob. <laughs> Bob, can't you put a positive spin on that? <laughs> <laughs> but they they went that that they, you know they went that way anyway because the Democrats have wanted to do it forever, and the Republicans, thinking that a lot of people want to go that way, are willing to say, "Well, look, we'll give you a half a loaf," you know, and we know you'll vote for us if we give you a half a loaf. Because the other people are asking you to vote for them. They're going to give you a full loaf. So surely you'll vote for us for a half a loaf. It's the most stupidest uh, idea I've ever heard of. Republican leadership, at least in Arkansas, would think of it in terms of, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and go along with this, but we want to benefit from it somehow. You know, we can do government better than the Democrats. Yeah. And, and that's simply not true. I mean, just, just look at Medicaid expansion. That was a Republican choice. Yep, they said it all along. I kept asking, you know, when we get in control, what are you going to do then? Are you going to take everybody off of it? And I never got a straight answer because you know what the answer was. It was no, of course they're not. We're going to be stuck with it. Once you give somebody something that you can get them to believe is free, or at least it's free to them, they're more than happy to take whatever it is the government's given off the plantation. Much money they all made from consultants and campaign contributions from the Medicaid providers, the healthcare industry. Uh, there was what Brenda says a tsunami of money that hit the state from 2012 on. That unprecedented amounts of money that hit the state for you know perpetuating the Medicaid expansion, hospitals. I mean, everybody made out like a like a. Abandoned millionaire on this deal. Yeah, Why abandoned your your local town or city, and and look at the two billion dollars that dropped out of the sky on your local hospital. <laughs> yeah, these hospitals. I mean, Taj Mahal's everywhere. Which you know, hey, I wouldn't fault a private company for building whatever they want to build, but just know when you're looking at that Taj Mahal hospital that the occupancy rates are down and the opulence is up. Uh, occupancy rate was 60%, and it's down from that. And uh, flare, like the uh, crown molding, is 24-inch, not just 12-inch any longer. Yeah, I, I would rather have a really well-paid doctor or nurse in a, in a metal building than I would have an incompetent staff in a Taj Mahal facility. But evidently, that's not what the public wants to see. When Scott Flippo was running for Senate and the hospital in Mountain Home was hating on his race, they wanted to take Joe and I around the hospital on a tour, and they, they skirted me off into the women's section to show me the heated robes for when you have the mammogram, you know. It was it was an amazing thing to see. Yeah, and they find that, you know, they think that you're going to just fall in love with all of that when a regular robe is was probably acceptable to any patient that walked in there for the most part. But they wanted to give them heated robes because somebody else didn't have heated robes. It's just well, crazy. Somebody else was paying for it. But that's the key. Somebody else pays for it. We all pay for it. That's what's so ridiculous about people believing in a government program that is, quote, free. And we all know now, about that. I disagree that. with what you just said. We all don't pay for it. Some people don't pay a dime. 
Well, that's and some of us pay through the nose. And that's true as well. But don't worry, they'll get to to get into sales tax and add on a sales tax to stuff as well. All right, Joe. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll regulate. Uh, I know they're already re- regulating oxygen that you can buy uh, medical oxygen. You know, you have to have a license probably, and but but they'll get to the air very okay. soon. They're going to they're going to start charging the air somehow. They're, they're going to they're going to tax the streets. They're going to. Just like the song Tax Man by the Beatles, they knew it a long time ago. Thanks, guys. That's I what got, you should play for your bumper music. I do at times. I got, I, got, I got to move on. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll do it again next week. All right. That's Joe and Brenda here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Conduit uh, for Action, conduitforaction.org. All right. Final hour of the Monday show. And a great hour it will be because I've been I've had this question all morning long. I've been promoting it today because Robert Steinbach joins us now. He is a law professor at UALR at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his in his alone, by the way. And, but he's got opinions, and the first opinion I want to hear about is about Diane Feinstein thinking that she can stop this Kavanaugh uh, nomination for Supreme Court because she can just ask for documents after documents after documents. The word is out from the stories I've read that she has asked Robert for over a million documents. And in the past, the, the largest that they total they've ever had was like a hundred thousand, and that was unheard of. So you tell me. I, I this is the question I got. Do the Republicans have to supply her with all of those, or can they just say, "Yeah, yeah, sure, we can understand what you want. You ain't going to get them, but we understand what you want." Well, what's the what's the play on this, and what's what legal uh, legally can uh, the Democrats be asking for? It all comes down to votes, and since now it only takes 50 votes to put in place a Supreme Court justice or any other judge, for that matter, uh, a process started, of course, by the Democrats, not by the Republicans, uh, the short answer to your good question is no, she can't achieve that goal. She can't stop the process. She can't get all the documents unless Republicans decide they want to turn over all the documents, because the bottom line is that Mitch McConnell gets to call up the vote. And the only way to stop that vote is not to say, I didn't get my documents. There's no such parliamentary process. The only way to stop that vote is to vote no. And since there is no filibuster, it would, uh, uh, and under the filibuster, of course, it only took 40 to stop something because it took 60 to move ahead, right? Um, Now it takes 50 or 51 I guess depending on how you characterize it, but it essentially takes 50 uh, um, to stop it, and they, they don't have the votes. So, no, she will not achieve that goal. The, I, the idea behind what she's trying to do is to create such a political uproar within the country that even Republicans are going to vote against moving forward on Kavanaugh until more documents are turned over to the Senate. I don't see that happening, but that's at least the theory behind what they're trying to do. But it's a real Hail Mary, and in this instance, one that will uh, uh, overwhelmingly likely fail. 
So what are we? What do we read into management with Kavanaugh today? Uh, the the Repub- uh, the Democrats were strangely quiet about that. We're hearing that later this week Donnelly is going to meet with Kavanaugh. Now something to say about this: both uh, Donnelly from Indiana and Manich uh, from West Virginia are facing tough reelection. Uh, opponents, and they are in uh, states that Trump are states. solidly behind. Trump states. Trump states. Right. Exactly. So Democrats, uh, Democratic senators who uh, are in states that support or supported and continue to support President Trump are at risk of losing their Senate position. And that's the thing about politicians. that First comes getting elected or getting reelected. Then comes principles. So they will not vote in a way that they believe will get them to lose the election. And so I think that there is a fair chance, not a great chance, but a fair chance that we will see several Democrats who are in Republican states uh, uh, vote yes on Kavanaugh. And remember, there have been Democrats and Republicans alike over the years before before the process had become quite so politicized, that say, well, of course, the president gets to appoint his people, and we act like a check, but we don't act like a check to the point that we prevent the other side from putting in place someone who's reasonable. And now, of course, the Democrats say, well, what about, I forget the guy's name, I'm a little bit embarrassed, the guy you know, that Obama wanted to appoint but never got voted. What about that guy? What about that guy? Mm-hmm. And McConnell's answer to that was, well, it was too close to the presidential election. That's kind of true. The reality is uh, you're hard-pressed to hold up a nominee early in a presidential election, uh, early in a presidential term, uh, but you can do it at the tail end of a presidential term. That's, And I say that not in terms of that's a policy distinction, although they claimed one, they articulated one. That's just an exercise of power. If you're near the end of a president, particularly his second term, so it's clear he's not going to be reelected, then you could probably, if you control the Senate, as McConnell did, hold up a nominee for a year or so. Uh, But that's not where we are now. Don't get me wrong. If the Democrats were in power right now, even in President Trump's first year of his first term, and I'm not saying he'll be reelected, although I would vote for him to be reelected, um, then uh, uh, um, they would a get a lot of heat, and B, I'm not sure how long they could hold out. I'm not sure how all the sen- how long all the senators could hold together to prevent the president from nominating someone to the Supreme Court essentially throughout his first term. Uh, But when it's the tail end of a second term of a president, not only can it be be done, it of course was done last time with Obama. And that's a distinction. So what do you think as far as how this is playing out? Are the Democrats just using a PR campaign so that their most ardent supporters think they're doing something or are they really trying to do something? I think there are three elements at work here. 
One is exactly what you describe, which is if you hire a guy to make a bunch of noise, then he better make a bunch of noise. And so they're making noise because they believe that they are their clientele, shall we call it, their voters, uh, want them to make a bunch of noise. Okay. The second reason is I think at least some of them think there's a chance, albeit an outside chance, that they could hold up the Kavanaugh um, appointment. I think that's borderline delusional. Right. Uh, and then I and then I think finally it's a fundraising tactic as well. The more noise you make, you send out requests. Oh, we need money. We need. We're getting reelected. And then of course in a few years we're going to have a presidential election. Send us money. So I think those three things are operating. All right. So what do you think about uh, Charlotte, North Carolina being uh, picked as the uh, GOP's twenty twenty? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, convention. I think it's fantastic. What's the thought? Uh, the alter- What's your thoughts on it? I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think it's an opportunity to sort of take back um, th- that city, that issue uh, that certainly was not uh, um, uh, a good moment in our history. Um, and the alternative, I understand, was Vegas, uh, which might have been fun, but a little too glitzy, uh, perhaps, uh, for the convention. So I think it's I think it'll be a great place to to have the convention. Yeah, where did I see now that the Democrats are thinking about going? They no- announced something here recently. Do you remember what it was? I, I do not know. I do not know. I try. Uh, the only reason I would pay attention to that would be so I could avoid that city during that time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I can understand that, but uh, did, you know, I did not know what Feinstein was trying to do. Because right. I did not think that she had any control over this at all because this is pure democracy in action now. I mean, this That's is right. all about, you know, we got more votes than you got votes after after we hit 50. So, right. uh, you know, just, just sit back and, and go along for the ride. That, that's exactly right. I, 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 it, you, you read this and you think to yourself, oh, maybe I'm missing some parliamentary trick, some procedure. And that's that what I thought. Indeed, indeed. And that's the, the logical conclusion, because they seem so earnest. We demand these documents, says Feinstein and others. Uh, okay. Uh, so one of two alternatives. Either you have some sort of right to demand them, and then we've got to go through some process, or you're really just screaming at the top of your lungs, somewhat consistent with the Trump derangement derangement syndrome yeah and it seems to be far more of the latter than the former all right you hold on we'll come back we'll continue talking with robert steinbach remember his opinions are his and his alone and not do not necessarily reflect that of ualr or the bowen school of law and he's on every monday with me and at other times when i need a, a legal beagle to talk to me and break things down and Help us understand whatever is going on in the Supreme Court and things of that nature. But uh, he is a very integral part of the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, if you want a career working outdoors, serving your community, you're detail-oriented, you strive to do the right thing, you want a career with a leading company, you can work with your hands, then you need to join PI Roofing. PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding as I was uh, expecting them to do here in the last couple of months. 
and they're expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow and to you know be able to handle more customers because so many people are calling them now about roofing and all the other things that they do. You can go and build your future with PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Uh, they've got career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. So if you're looking to make a difference, you want to be part of a successful team, you want to climb your ladder to success, then uh, join the folks at PI Roofing at PIRoofing.com. It's PIRoofing.com or 501-707-3551. All right, let's move into uh, our next segment with uh, Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Again, Robert is a legal uh, or a law professor at uh, UALR and the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. He's a great uh, uh professor a lot of people love this guy i hear nothing but good things about him let's move back to what we're talking about here uh, a lot of times that we talk about things like of course uh you know freedom of speech is one of our best ones all right so there is this bias lawsuit going on now with harvard's admissions because they're right. doing they're doing things to give people uh, a step up over people who just have really good uh, Academic scores. Credentials, yeah, right. Yeah, that means this guy had perfect scores on his SAT, on three SAT subject tests, and on nine advanced placement exams, and was ranked first in his high school class of 592. An admissions officer who reviewed his application to Harvard called him the proverbial picket fence, the embodiment of the American dream saying someone will fight over with Princeton, I'd guess. But in the end, the student was weight listed, not W-E-I-G-H, but W-A-I-T uh, listed, and did not get in. Generations of high school students uh, have applied to Harvard thinking that if they checked all the right boxes, They'd be admitted, but behind the curtain, Harvard's much-feared admission officers have a whole other set of boxes that few ambitious high school students and their parents even know about or could check even if they did. The officers speak in a secret language of dockets, the LOP list, TIPS, DE, the Z list, and the Dean's interest list and maintain a culling system in which factors like where applicants are from, whether their parents went to Harvard, how much money they have, how they fit the school goals for diversity, may be just as important as their scoring. That's it's not a, more. Yeah, I mean, it, this is scary stuff here. That's right. That's right. Well, indeed, it's what's really remarkable, Dave, is that, as you aptly say, you know, when you, you and I went to school, they said, well, you've got to make sure you check the right boxes to get into the right school. And by check the boxes, it you know, get good grades, be a good student, maybe also have uh, extracurricular activities to show your well-rounded um, sports or other things. Those were the boxes 
that we were told to so, so-called check. But nowadays, it's a whole different set of boxes. Oh, what race are you? And by the way, it's not necessarily black or white. If you're Asian, as the lawsuit against Harvard alleges, that's the box that is worst to check in terms of getting in there because they are biased against Asians. Hey, did your family give a bunch of money? Uh, And we always suspected that that was a factor, right? Uh, And sure enough, that's, that's a big play. And I understand that these are institutions that run on money, although Harvard has an endowment. I think they could not collect tuition for the next 20 or 50 years and still be just fine. But in any event, we were told that for the most part, uh, it's a merit-based system. And now we learn it's far from entirely a merit-based system. Uh, And that's not only uh, disappointing, it it puts some tarnish on the brand. And Harvard isn't alone in this, by the way. This is what goes on commonly across schools and higher education. And this is part of what you and I have been talking about all along. We talk about the FOIA. We talk about disclosure. Harvard has been fighting tooth and nail not to disclose uh, how it does admissions. And you'll love this, Dave, because the claim is, well, somebody may copy us. It's a trade secret. (laughs) You know what a trade secret is? The ingredients to Coca-Cola. That's a trade secret. Nobody knows how to exactly read it. You can buy other colas, but they don't taste exactly like Coca-Cola, by by example, because that's a trade secret. Trade secret on how to uh, give a, a bump up to someone who donated a lot of money, uh, that's not a trade secret. That's the fact that you don't want to disclose the, the, essentially the equivalent of the smoke-filled back room from politics now being transferred over to the admission process. And then they give you all of this high-minded uh, uh, nonsense about, well, we want to have a diverse class. And we've t- talked about how, in many instances, that winds up hurting the very people it's designed to help. But the, uh, the high-mindedness behind that claim, if it were even real, or if it is even real, is significantly undermined when then, oh, yeah, and by the way, um, this guy gets in because he uh, knows a politician. This guy gets in because he built a building. Well, that's a little less high mind. How does that fit into your representation of the class? All right. Our, hold, hold your thought. I'm going to do it. We're going to take a break for the news, get a one-minute update, then come back to you, Robert. So stay where you're at. Robert Steinbach is our guest. He is a law professor at UALR Bowen School of Law. We'll be back to talk further and further about this particular problem on the Dave Ellswick Show. The news is next. Let's find out what's going on. All right, back with you. Robert Steinbach is our special guest this hour. If you've been a part of my show, you know that uh, he is on every Monday at 5 o'clock until 6 and uh, at other special times when we have uh, topics that we need some, you know, legal beagle to get on with us and explain it to us. The last time we did this, I think we talked about, what was it, Kavanaugh coming on, being uh, picked as being the the next nominee. I think we talked about that. Today we're talking about something we've talked consistently about over several years. And uh, this is nothing more than an extension 
of what uh, Robert has been studying and writing about for quite some time, and that is giving people an extra boost up so they can get into maybe law school, and then they get into law school and they can't handle law school because they didn't have the grades for law school in the first place, or secondly, keeping people out who should be in the law school because they've got the smarts to be in law school but are kept out of law school because they want the people who don't have the smarts to be in law school because of our politically correct society. Is that a pretty good way of saying things? It's outstanding, and it's pulling back the curtain on what's going on in higher education. And so a lot of times you hear people say, oh, this is a debate about race. No, race is a factor. And what we see in this article, while race indeed is a significant factor, uh, one cutting against Asians significantly, many other factors that have nothing to do with merit are going into the admission process, uh, in this instance, at Harvard. And the, the, the dean of admissions, who didn't go to Harvard, by the way, I think it's kind of comical, sits there somewhat smugly and says, look, if you don't get into Harvard, it's no big deal. It's not a stamp of approval or good or bad or otherwise. Well, of course it is. It's a credential. Having a Harvard education is a credential and a valuable one at that. And so if you're turning someone down and you do it for merit reasons, well, that's legitimate. We want the best and the brightest. If you're not doing it for merit reasons, and and the inverse, of course, directly relates to that, and you're letting people in not for merit reasons, then your brand isn't what it claims to be. And maybe one of the positive results of all of this transparency, you know, I'm all about transparency. That's what the Freedom of Information Act is. It's about transparency of public entities. Uh, if it, it, one of the benefits of this transparency will either be to force these schools that have lived behind the claim of getting the best and the brightest, that is a meritocracy, uh, it will force them to actually do that, or it'll knock them down a peg in terms of their sort of stature in society, one way or the other, because people want to go to a school that is known for not only collecting and then therefore producing, turning out the best and the brightest. And if that's not what's going on, in some measure, then either people won't go there or they'll demand that the institution changes. Yeah, it's the worst thing because as you try to point out, it really isn't helping people, it's taking advantage of people. Quite often. And so if you, uh, let's use law school, I've been analyzing law schools for many years now as an example, uh, and you get on the website uh, for each law school and you see, oh, well, they've got a 72% bar pass, they've got an 86% bar pass, and you go, well, that means if I go there, this is what a person might think incorrectly, uh, you know, I've got a very high chance of passing the bar. You know, of course, I've got to do my work, etc. But that's a pretty darn good, and I suspect that I can uh, be with that huge number and not the little group of people that don't pass the bar. But guess what? That's an average. That's based on everybody, people with really high scores and really low scores. So if you're somebody with really low scores, what's 
the odds of your group, people in your group, passing the bar? What's the what's the percentage of people in your group? I should say the better uh, phrasing is uh, 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 who pass the bar. And if it turns out you got a, uh, I'm making up the numbers, but a 141 on the LSAT, and every and if you added up all the people who got 141s on the LSAT over the last 10 years, and there was again, I'm making up the numbers, uh, a 48 percent chance of passing the bar. And so you knew you would fall into that group. You might say, "Well, maybe I shouldn't go to that law school or any law school, depending." Uh, that's the kind of real information that schools should be giving out. Uh, but in fact, I uh, you you can't get this easily from the schools. They don't want to turn over. This is across the country. This information, and I've had great difficulty getting this type of information. We've talked about it before, but I'm not alone. Richard Sander in California, other scholars who've wanted to do research on this information have been stymied left and right just to get aggregate statistical information, not information regarding any individual person by identity, by name or that kind of thing. And, of course, quite often what do the schools say? Well, we can't turn that over. That's that's uh, private personal information. What, that, that person X, person number 12155 with a made-up number, got a 141 on the LSAT, a 3.5 GPA, et cetera, et cetera. What's that personal to? Who is that person? And that's why, uh, and I believe that quite often schools are using that to hide the fact that they're admitting people with low scores that on the back end, guess what? A fair number of them don't pass or graduate the law school, but uh, that's not even the most significant number. The most significant number is when you look at their first-time uh, bar uh, uh, pass rates, and they ain't great. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and, and I've said rather modestly, just tell them what people in their group do historically on bar passes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just disclose. Just be open. What's the word? That's right. Transparency. Just be transparent. And even that seems to be a struggle in some schools. Okay, so Robert, let me ask this, not to lay all of this on the schools. I agree it's a terrible thing what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But is mm-hmm. it not the schools kind of being forced into this because okay. the federal government yeah, yeah. says you must allow blank, well, blank, blank not, in? It's even it's the ABA, the federal government has decided that the American Bar Association shall be, which is a private entity, shall be the accrediting body for law schools, which is kind of odd. I can, now that happens in many disciplines, but I always remain perplexed that a government entity essentially empowers a private entity to accredit schools. Put that aside for a moment. The ABA says you must have essentially diversity outcomes, outcomes, meaning not you must give everybody a shot. You must have essentially certain numbers of different groups in your class as well, by the way, amongst your faculty. And so uh, GW, was it GW or George Mason, I think, in uh, Virginia uh, said, well, we let people in based on their grades, so the numbers may fall how they fall. And the ABA threatened, this is years ago, threatened to uh, unaccredit them or deaccredit them, whatever the, the negative accreditation is. And so they buckled like, 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 an, like a big belt. Like a house and of they, cards, uh, yep. Like a house of cards. And they started uh, to admit more 
a, um, a more diverse class, not because those uh, that made for the most qualified class, but simply to appease the accreditors. So you're absolutely right. And this is a hand in glove. By the way, it also goes where many schools say, let's say accreditors, because they're both liberal. The ABA is liberal, and most law schools are overwhelmingly liberal to the point that finding a conservative uh, is harder uh, than finding a, a cockroach under, under the building. Um, and uh, so the, the many uh, folks at law schools say to the accreditors, listen, put this in your rules, and this way we can do it even easier. Uh, and then, of course, the accreditors happily do so, as well as propose it back. It's a vicious cycle of uh, leftist uh, identity politics. And then with all of this, nobody is following up for these schools, I'm assuming. I may be wrong here, but they're asking how many people who who graduate pass the bar. Do they ask yeah, that question? They They do ask that number, but they ask that number, remember, in the aggregate. So uh, let's say uh, uh, you, uh, the aggregate um, for uh, bar passage for both law schools in Arkansas varies uh, between, I would say, this is a very rough estimate, 75 to 85%. Now they've dipped, I think, from time to time, very rarely lower okay. and perhaps slightly higher, but that's kind of the range. Uh, but that's for everybody. So let's say the average, and this I don't remember, the average LSAT score is a 155. So with an average score, you should uh, um, have a pretty good chance of passing the bar. But what happens if you're in the bottom quarter of the admission class? And how far is the bottom quarter from the middle? And if it's very far, they may have a bar passage rate of 50%, 40-something percent. Don't you want to know that? What happens if you're in the bottom quarter of the bottom quarter, where more people, uh, um, um, the, the bar passage rate is, is lousy. Let's, let's face it. It's lousy. Don't you want to know what that number is? And those are the numbers that need to be made more transparent across all law schools. Okay, now, the, nothing- to, keep that, to keep the aggregate number high, right. or, or at least 75 or 80 percent, do, do they make sure they only let in X amount of people who are, you know, questionable for law school so they don't have to worry about it dragging it down? They try, but there's a lot of juggling going on. They try to do that, and sometimes all of a sudden it gets pulled down, and they're like, what, what happened? And the answer is you flew too close to the flame. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Um, now, of course, also it could be random effects on any one uh, bar examination, for example. But there are times in which the admission numbers go down. Remember, schools not at the very, very top uh, have to fill their seats to cover their expenses. Well, it's tuition. So e- even if they're not considering diversity questions, they may be letting people in with lower scores because all of a sudden there's not as many people with upper scores. We saw that over the last decade or so when fewer people started to apply to law schools. And many, many law schools started to drop their uh, their average LSAT scores and their bottom quartile LSAT scores and their bottom-bottom LSAT scores. Uh, why? To fill seats. And so that had nothing to do with diversity concerns, and that had an impact on 
bar passage as well. And the organization that administers the LSAT, that's the admissions test, by the way, to law school for all of your listeners who might not be familiar with the little acronyms, the law school admissions test. Uh, they start uh, uh, letting people in with lower scores, and sure enough, uh, the bar pass rate goes down, and the organization that administers the law school admissions test said, hey, don't be surprised. That's kind of how it works. All right. Let's come back, and we'll finish up. You know, yes, sir. I think this is a lot of what we're talking about. Uh, we've done it several times, but we've gotten a little bit deeper into it. I think a lot of people do not realize you know, how despicable this really is. There are people who should be in law school that aren't, and people that are that should be nowhere near a law school. Just, and, and we're hurting just, people. Yeah, we're giving them false hope. Yeah, just to play a game of political correctness. We'll come mm-hmm. back. We'll talk more about it here. Robert Steinbach is our guest on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Monday. He's always here on a Monday, and his opinion is his opinion only and not that of the law school or the university. That's evident because they're letting those people in. All right, so let's take a look here about Horton's orthotics and prosthetics. They have been uh, getting in and making a demo and an addition to their original location they moved into back in the 80s on 12th Street, and they're making it into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. They're going to have a new gate room. They're going to have a large new waiting room, a new mastectomy area. It's just for you ladies that uh, you know want privacy and comfort while you're being fitted. It's all because Hortons prides themselves on giving you the best treatment, having the best relationship, letting you reach the heights that you want to go to by keeping you happy, which is their priority. Remember, six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. Find them at 12th Street in Little Rock. All right, Robert, we're back. I always like to leave people with a smile when we have them have you on. So let me ask you this trivia question. This product is 50 years old today. What is it? Me. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no idea? No idea. Do you, uh, How old are you, Robert? I'm 50. You're 50, okay. Yeah. You were born the same year as the Big Mac. Nice. The Big Mac is 50 years old, and of course, uh, celebrating the 68th national launch of the double-decker sandwich whose ingredients consisted of, say it with me, to all to beef patties, special sauce, lettuce. There you go. There it is. There you go. They were seared into our American memories by a TV jingle, but the milestone comes. You know, the company's been closing some stores in the United States and things of that nature, and they've even put kale in their salads. Fresh has replaced uh, frozen beef patties and quarter pounders. That's good. And some stores now offer ordering kiosks, food delivery, and even uh, barista-style cafes. Uh, the milestone for the Big Mac shows how much McDonald's and the rest of fast food have evolved around it. 
So just think about that. 50 years old today, the Big Mac, and it's That's still amazing. here. Still here. I like I having reason- them. It, 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 it's a really uh, wonderful design of a sandwich. I had recently, at of all places, White Castle sells veggie burgers because uh, I try to be a little excessively healthy, perhaps, and they're fantastic. So it just goes to show you that some of these places really can evolve in a way that meets the consumer's no, desires. No, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Where did you say you got these veggie burgers? At White Castle. Do you know White Castle, or is that just... Dude, no, White Castle, okay. I, I, you know, that's like the mecca of hamburgers for me. Exactly. I Try love White Castles. Burgers. Try their veggie burgers. They're really good. All right, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot when I get up. i got to get up to close to St. Louis around here to get them. Be, because, it. hey, White Castle does not sell franchises. Did you know that? I did not. Oh, they company. They're all they company all owned, huh? company owned because they're that they're that much wanting to control uh, product. the product. They really do. So they yeah. do that. So anyway, by the way, did you know that White Castle is the oldest hamburger chain? I didn't know that either. Yeah, they 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 are that as well, and they own the uh, the trademark to Slider. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because that's that, funny. I thought that was just a, ge- a generic term. That's no, that funny. is that is the sound that they make when they come out of the little, you know, cardboard box. Right. And, it, and it's not spelled S L I D E R. It's uh, spelled S L Y D E R. And so the I bottom see. bottom line is this: now you know that I'm like a obsessive person about White Castles. I love White Castles. I'll, I have, bring you, I'll bring you back some from the East Coast. Oh, do, do, do that for me. I'm going to tell you right now, I have called them live on the air and begged them to build here in Little Rock. Well, we'll have to do it when I'm back. We'll, we'll both call from the, from the show. Yeah, that's what we'll do. You got to do that. I, I even have a, 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 a caricature song that we did uh, that's called Night at White Castles and talking about how the cheese combines with the uh, the soda they give you a a special night of culinary delight oh that's hilarious i love it i love it <laughs> i love white castles they are the best burger ever made my father would be uh, worked in steel mill would be working three to eleven come home he'd get home about midnight wake us boys up on a friday night take us to the white castle on holman avenue in hammond buy about two or three bags full of, you know, because you buy them by the bag of, right. uh, right. of White Castles. Then we'd go home and all of us would chow down. And when we were all done and done belching and all the other things you do after you eat White Castles, made our way to bed. That's a great story. It seriously <laughs> is. That's a great story. It was a family thing, man. We just it did it. It's it a, is. And, then, and they're wonderful. They're wonderful hamburgers. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. Not a nic- they're not a nickel apiece anymore, though, Robert. No, but they're still very reasonable. They're yeah. still very reasonable. Yeah, I'm with you. Dude, it's always good to talk with you. We're coming right. up on, on August. That means you'll be arriving back in town. Are we supposed to? When do I start planning the parade? Uh, start the parade today, and we'll see what I show up. No, but I'll be back in the next few weeks. I will be back. All right. We appreciate you, Robert. We'll talk to you God again bless. next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Robert's a Robert uh, is part of uh, our show. Steinbach does a great job. I almost said Robert Shapiro. Anyway. <laughs>
OJ has never appeared on this show. With that said, it's time for me to get out of here. Dr. Piper from Oklahoma tomorrow. Going to tell you a whole lot about millennials. You Love probably won't Dr. like. Everett yeah, Piper. Dr. Piper, Everett Piper, coming on the Dave Ellswick Show, plus the Bible Guys, 5 o'clock. Got a question for him, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.